0: You ready? 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 Watch ready? One job, five!
1: The following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Miss podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE Podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we cover nothing but sports for the duration of the show. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Steve Kent, and we have a lot on the plate tonight. We have Survivor Series War Games taking place currently right now on Peacock uh, and obviously, overseas on the WWE Network because they don't have Peacock overseas. Uh, we have the World Cup that's currently ongoing in uh, in terms of soccer, so uh, we are going to talk about that as well. Uh, we have pretty much a, a recap of of almost every single every singles sports league uh, to go over as well, as well as some college football. There were a couple of upsets today. Uh, there's quite a it's few etiquette. coaching jobs that are actually, that are actually up. Uh, and welcome Lou. Uh, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Thank um, yes, I did. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't, a, you know, I had plans to, to go out, but unfortunately that got derailed by COVID. So uh you guys I it? have Yep, for the second for the second time I've now been stuck inside the house wow. for for the entire uh the entire past couple of days. So oh my. uh I've been I've been basically uh isolated essentially. So Yeah. Um uh, but we do have a we do have a lot of stuff to go over tonight because uh yes. obviously we have the World Cup currently underway. We have a whole Like a, a whole bunch of topics, essentially. So, you know, I figure we, yeah. we might as well should start off first with the World Cup because yeah. i got to tell you, there's been a couple of upsets so far, a couple of monumental upsets that have gone on oh, yeah. in, in this year's World Cup so far. However, I think maybe one of the uh, – perhaps the biggest upset that we have seen so far – was Saudi Arabia. If I recall correctly, they beat uh Argentina, wasn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, I believe I believe so. There's been there was another money upset um over the past week with uh, Iran as they won yesterday's game I'm like Iran won? Okay, now we're in a real shithole on Tuesday. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate too because now we're essentially gonna be forced to beat Iran if the United States wants to qualify for the next yeah. round. They have to beat Iran okay. because because for some reason we couldn't hang on to the one nothing lead that we had over Wales. The and hell happened in that game. It's because of a penalty kick. Uh, and by the oh, way, yeah, I have okay. added Diane. I, I, I've added Diane, uh, you. Diane, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks. Thanks, Dave. So we've, been, yeah, we've been we talking about the, the world Back. cup and we blew it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was,
1: it was a needless penalty. Need, uh, you know, needless to say it was, it was a very needless penalty and the one yes. thing I know about about goaltender or goalkeeper Matt Turner is he struggles when it comes to penalty kicks.
2: I see. And that
1: that's that may be the biggest weakness that the United States has. So if we if we ever go yeah. into penalty kicks, uh, we're in trouble. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And, you think I mean, we're gonna I, be man? Like, be better. Uh. You know, on paper, I would say yeah, but then again, we but, were supposed to beat Wales too, and look at what happened there.
2: Uh, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we were going to beat Wales. I think maybe we w- would have been. Well, it was close, but I still think maybe because Wales is a strong team. With that, so um, that could have been touch and go. But when we got that one, I, think I thought, okay, it's getting late in the game. I think we got this, and then of course. I spoke too soon as usual and that's what happened with that. <sighs> yeah, it was
1: very uh, it was very unfortunate the fact that uh we didn't yeah. capitalize right. against Wales. And then that basically I thought we were doomed if only had Levin that way. I,
2: yeah,
1: if only. And also uh yeah. And also if we had Dempsey as well.
2: Todd Dempsey. Ooh, I if you think of that. Clint Clint. Clint Dempsey, Clint Dempsey, Clint Dempsey. I didn't think
1: of that. Now, because yeah, they they you know they both have actually been doing uh, analyst work over in Qatar for uh, the English yeah. version and of the did not, of the broadcast.
2: They did
1: now. This is what made me th- – you know, it made me think that, okay, England, they just completely whooped Iran 6-2. to two. So, yeah. you know, we were more than likely headed towards a buzzsaw, essentially. And it was anything other than that. Right. You know, England versus the United States really surprised me, the fact that we uh, that we played to a scoreless draw because yeah th- there were many th- there were opportunities on both sides England pretty much dominated the possession yes uh I mean they finished they finished fifty one percent to forty percent with the reg- with the rest of the the nine percent being uh in con- in contest uh where both teams were contesting for the ball but at one point I believe New England or I, I think England had like a two thirds advantage when it came to possession. Yes. So it came as kind yeah. of a surprise to me honestly, uh Lou that the way everything evened out and the fact that really there was there was only like like two shots on goal for the United States and three shots on goal for England. Yeah. It, 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 it really seemed it, I don't I don't know. It, it, I I'm wondering if it was like if both teams were playing just to not lose. Uh, which cuz that that yeah, was what the so. United States I would was, think that makes that makes sense in a way. You know, that that's what the United States' big problem was against Wales was the fact that they went in the first half they went attacking aggressively in the first half and then in the second half they just decided to play not to lose instead of playing aggressively like they were yeah and with england i mean they they just seemed faster they seemed more skilled than us it, you know i was i was just waiting for for that first England goal to go in, and to everybody's shock, they end. Up, it ended up being uh, being a scoreless game, which honestly seems like a win for the United States.
2: Yes, somehow. somehow. And every now, team not to lose. Well, well,
1: yeah, every team every team is playing not to lose, but at the same time, though. You know, when you have when you have the lead like the United States did yes. wouldn't you think wouldn't you think you'd be trying to, you know, add on to that lead? I would. Yeah. I mean that's what most you know, that's what most people would be uh would be thinking, but Yeah. Uh you know, another thing too that everybody has been wondering is why Geo Reyna has not been playing yet for uh for team usa and mm-hmm. the though basically what i what i read was that uh coach bearhalter said that supposedly reyna has been dealing with uh tightness with muscle tightness in his uh i think it was in his calf oh, oh yeah i think i heard that and you know it, it that of course has been been uh disputed by Reyna himself because Reina claimed that he was 100% and ready to go and Bearhalter waited yeah, until I... about like maybe maybe 8 minutes left in the game uh against England to put him in you know, one of the things to keep in mind is Reina has been one of our top scoring forwards in international play. So yes. you know, hell everybody's hell, been wondering.
0: I, don't
2: soccer.
1: I mean, everybody's been wondering why hasn't he why you know, why hasn't he been out there?
2: So I was with it myself.
1: That's basically what we've uh what we've got here. So uh, here's here's where here's where everything stands right now, uh, leading into the third match for pretty much each team. Each each group has already had two matches, with the exception of Group E. Groups E through H have only had one match, while groups A through D have have all had two matches. Uh, Starting with Group A, looks like we have a three-way tie. Or no, a two-way tie, actually, between Netherlands and Ecuador for the top spot. Senegal is in third, with Qatar being the official first team eliminated from the World Cup, which uh, I believe that is actually a record where it's the, the team, they are the quickest host team to be eliminated from the World Cup. Yeah.
2: As well, you don't draw well in the World Cup, anyway. they really go all the way. So it doesn't—it shouldn't be too surprising, to be honest.
1: No, uh, you know, honestly, it's not really—it's not really that surprising to me. Uh, no. And the, th- the thing that—the thing that sucks about this World Cup too is the refs have been so damn inconsistent
2: <laughs>
1: with some of that the calls that easy. they've made.
2: I guess they take lessons from our side. Oh no. Okay. Oof. You know, it, they've just been way too inconsistent.
1: Yes. Uh, let's see. For Group B, we have England on top with four points, Iran with three points, the USA with wow. two points, and Wales down with one point. So Group B is still up for grabs, but the USA, I believe, yeah. can clinch a spot with a win. And yeah, so whatever. Specifically. Yeah, they need specifically a win over Iran. They can't tie, they can't lose. If they lose, they're eliminated. If they tie, I believe they're also eliminated. Like I don't they. know exactly. Is it is it what? What Lou? The top two teams? Top two. make it? Top two. Yes. Yeah, so so without we need we definitely need a win, period, over Iran. They don't uh, on, on Tuesday, I think it is. Yeah, we to face Iran. Yeah, so we need a win, or we're out. And actually, I believe this this would be one of the quickest uh, World Cups that we would actually have been eliminated the quickest. I think as well.
2: We did I mean, you, a, you the same you situation. Were, actually, see, we did face the same situation in 2010. We needed a win against England, and we got it on that. Don, on that uh, diamond goal late in the third, in the uh, second period, in the second half.
1: That's true, and you know, you know that's not, that's another thing too that uh, England fans were so pissed off the fact that England know, uh, played to a played to a draw.
2: We were we were watching the game on our on our lunch on our lunch break, and when we saw the goal, everybody in the room just went absolutely berserk, and it was like, oh yes. I mean, ju- just the fact so that
1: it, uh, that England, for some reason, could not score a single a single uh, goal against yeah. the United States. It was it was mind blowing to me because of because of the talent that England has. Yes. Uh, Let's see, in Group C, we have Poland in the lead right now with four points, followed by Argentina and Saudi Arabia, both tied with three Mm -hmm. points. Mexico, they did just lose today, I think, to Argentina. So they have one point. Technically still not out of it, but they need a lot of things to happen in order for Mexico to clinch a spot. Well, first off, they have to actually win.
2: Sandy in there? What can happen? Well I mean you know, anything can happen, but they have yet to score yeah.
1: period in this World Cup so far through two games.
2: Mm-hmm. Can't win if you don't score, people.
0: Exactly.
1: Right. And they're uh they're oh one and one to start out to start out the World Cup here, so uh there's definitely if there is an urgency on Mexico on Mexico side there should be. Uh, over in Group D we have France who is perfect with a 2 and0 record uh, six goals four actually so they're averaging three goals per game right now for France. Uh, Australia mm-hmm. is in second with three points. And Denmark and Tunisia are tied with one point. So Denmark and Tunisia, not completely out of it. But right now it looks like you're probably looking at France and
2: Australia. we well, uh, is the defending team champions. Oh, wow. Okay, so. So are th- uh, yeah. do things look rotten in Denmark yet or no? Oh,
0: no.
1: Okay. Uh, Denmark is 0-1-1 right
2: now. Things do look rotten in Denmark. Hmm.
1: Wait a minute. Let me say. Yeah, yeah, that went final. Actually, France beat Denmark two to
2: one. Huh? earlier
1: today. So, uh, the scores from today: we had Australia one one nil over Tunisia, uh, Poland two nil over Saudi Arabia, France two one over Denmark, and Argentina two nil over Mexico.
2: Fresh and my upstairs, their, neighbors uh, are are thrilled.
1: Oh yeah, because I believe uh, Argentina is. I believe I believe Messi's on uh, on Argentina. Yeah, and he had he had one of the goals for them today. Uh, Messi yeah, and Fernandez. My, my up
2: is there to work stack.
1: Yeah, I know my I know my buddies are uh, my buddies have been paying uh, very close attention
0: uh, yeah.
1: to this one uh, with especially with some of the some of the big stars. And speaking of which, we do have an injury update. Uh when it comes to Brazil, uh Neymar will be My. out the rest of the group stage for Brazil with a right ankle injury. And yeah, I got to tell you, it looked it looked nasty when yeah. they when they had a picture of his uh when when they when they showed a picture of his swollen ankle it literally looked like it was broken
2: warning it was just images graphic to younger people
1: I, it was literally that swollen yeah uh, yeah you know it's it, that, that will definitely put a big uh a big strain on brazil which let me see brazil right now is a top Group G currently, they're neck and neck with Switzerland, so uh, assuming, you know, Brazil will probably advance, but uh, No question Moving moving forward, though depending on what happens with Neymar uh, that could have lasting effects potentially for Brazil moving forward if they have to go without one of their top stars That could hurt them, I think, in the later round Yeah, it definitely could uh, let's see. For Group E, we have Spain atop of Group E. They scored seven goals in their first game. Boy. Seven. Japan in second with three points as well. Uh Germany and Costa Rica, they have yet to win a game, but then again it's only been one game so far. Uh yes. plenty of time left in group E. Uh, though I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing, Costa Rica may be screwed if, if they if they're tied and they have to go yeah. down to goal differential, because
2: Costa oh, Rica yeah, is yeah. currently up.
1: Costa Rica is a minus seven right now for goal differential.
2: Boy. Uh,
1: for Group F, we have Belgium atop Group F with a with a one and 0 record, uh, with three points. Croatia and Morocco are tied for the second spot with one point, and Canada is currently
2: scoreless on the... uh, I don't know about uh, you, but I wasn't sold on Canada because, you know, yeah, I'm glad they made the World Cup. I mean, they haven't made it uh, since the Dinosaur era, but I really didn't see Canada doing anything in this tournament, not just out insulting the Warriors of the North, but Canada is striking as much of a strong soccer powerhouse. You know, it, it's it was
1: it was definitely sort of a uh, sort of a, a feel good moment for Canada to have made the World Cup, but uh, the problem is, you know, exactly what you know, the, just the fact that they don't really have, you know, big stars. I mean, uh, no. the one I recognize the most is Taj uh, is uh, Taj Buchanan, who was with the Why they sound familiar it's well he he was with the new england revolution
3: oh yeah but, of uh, course.
2: that's right yeah but
1: he's been he's been he's been Man. playing for uh for club bruges uh in division a Brugge. in belgium
2: in case so, you forgot steve i'm a red bulls fan
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah obviously you know obviously i know i know you were from uh I forgot if you were if you were Red Bulls or or if you were an FC uh, if you were an NYC uh-huh. FC fan, but I knew you were one of the two. Sorry, I don't go for the I don't go for baby brother. Yeah, I, I knew you were one of the two. Yes, uh, but yeah, you know Canada. I can't say I'm really surprised at all by where they uh, mm-hmm. where they are right now. Um, you know, my uh, my soccer buddies, they obviously. Uh, know more about soccer than I do, but you know, I I just I was not impressed, right? I was not impressed with uh with Canada uh no. in their first matchup against Belgium. Uh let's see, group G. Uh obviously we got Brazil atop uh group G along with Switzerland. They are tied actually with
0: Switzerland. Uh
1: and Cameroon and Serbia have yet to record any points on the standings with about two games left to go for group G group H we have Portugal currently on top with three points. Uh, Then we have the Korean Republic and Uruguay uh, with one point and Ghana has yet to get on the board. So uh, needless to say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it this way uh the leaders of each group are pretty much to be expected.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: So, However, though, um despite the Vega Messi, but um Ronaldo made history.
1: Yes, he did. He yeah. uh he became the first player in FIFA history to score in five different
2: World Cups. Yes
3: was he a more
2: problem than for No, but five it, Yeah, five is scoring five world cups.
1: Yeah, and and you know uh this obviously comes uh amidst the uh turmoil uh that he has been that he has been going through with Manchester United uh which, yeah. speaking of, speaking of which Manchester United uh they did come to an agreement uh for both them and him to part ways officially so uh following the World Cup, he will no longer- eff- effective immediately. he will no longer be a member of Manchester United but uh there is uh-huh. one club there is one club though who is offering who is trying to get him uh to play for them. A massive three year two hundred and twenty five million dollar contract offer was given to him by the Saudi Arabian club al Nasser. Okay, Saudi
2: Arabia. First they take our golfers, now they want soccer players. What's next? Right. Yeah, and you know, it, take our baseball players thing. next.
1: Here's the thing, though. I'm I'm not all that I'm not all that certain that uh, he could get that offer elsewhere. Hmm. yeah I mean, but you know it's when, when you take a look at the struggles that he's had uh I mean obviously you know he's reaching the end of his career he's thirty seven years old uh so he doesn't really have that much that much longer to go more than likely, but you know it's it, it, it looks like maybe perhaps wow. he may potentially accept that deal because
4: uh-huh you know you're,
1: he's not going to see that type of money elsewhere no i mean he's going to be getting paid 75 million dollars per year you know who what team what club is going to offer him that amount of money considering the fact that not here. you know he's considering the fact that uh that he struggled after leaving Juventus to go to Manchester United. However, though, he was still he was still Manchester's top scorer with twenty four goals. But right. uh, they the the United though slipped from second in the Premier League to sixth. Uh Despite his 24 goals in 38 games. And then after that, Ronaldo saw himself slip all the way to basically a bench role, essentially. Once, uh, once Eric Ten Hag became uh, uh, was appointed as the, uh, as the manager. And that's basically what started his whole exit from Manchester United. So, but you know, still, it's it's good to see that he's still produ- he, that he's still producing even at his age, and that he's getting one more opportunity yeah. at a World Cup. Not now, that he's, you know, ancient, but you know, yeah, but I mean, he's thirty-seven. You know, how much longer? Uh, matter of fact, I think, Land, I think Landon Donovan yeah, yeah.
2: may have retired. May have retired at what thirty-five? I think something like that. Yeah, between thirty-five and forty, you know your body's about to give out anyway. So unless you're unless you're Pele, that's another story altogether. What was that, Diane? and Ronaldo just retired.
1: Well. Because he's still producing at a uh, at a somewhat of a high level, yes. you know he's playing in the he, he was he was playing last year in the Premier League, which is you know the top league in all of uh, European well in all of soccer period. Uh, mm-hmm. the Premier much. League, so yes, you know if he's still put he's still putting up like twenty plus goals, you know why not continue
4: to play but.
1: Why not? You know, I, right. gu- I guess maybe, per- I guess maybe perhaps uh, he he had some sort of falling out with uh, Manchester United, and essentially, uh, once he started to see his role diminish, obviously, you know, if you if you were starting to see your role diminish on a team, you would want to get out of there as well, which mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: ultimately ended up happening with uh, with Ronaldo.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? Uh the Saudi Ar- the Saudi Arabians because they upset Argentina, uh each Saudi Arabian player will receive a Rolls-Royce Phantom courtesy wow. of courtesy of the Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman from what I read.
2: Okay. So, they are no, yeah,
1: it's considered a big deal because yeah. of the fact that you know you know Saudi Arabia for them to upset to go out there and upset Argentina like they did you know there's you don't really see that on a uh on a on a consistent basis uh when it comes to the World nope. Cup Uh, Let's see, let's go into college football for a little bit here as we have some news, some big news, actually. A couple of uh, coaching changes, well, not coaching, some coaching changes, but there's also a little bit of news in regards to coaching. Uh, Lane Kiffin,
2: who was consistently
1: uh, amidst rumors that he was going to Auburn, uh, he has agreed to a new deal he has agreed to a new deal to remain with Ole Miss. And the rumor is it's eight years, 9 million per year. So uh, he's obviously, he's been making uh, seven and a quarter million this year. And in three seasons at Ole Miss, he is 23 and 12. and, the rebels, obviously, you know they've been on a little bit of a down streak in their last uh, yeah. in their last couple of games. But I mean, a year ago he led Ole Miss to their first ten win regular season in school history. So, yes. why why would why would somebody like Kiffin leave Ole Miss? Even though I mean, granted yeah, he probably could have gotten more money at Auburn.
2: You think he made a mistake by not going to Auburn?
1: Uh, I mean, he would have stayed in the SEC regardless, but right. You know, I just I don't I don't really know uh, when it comes to when it comes to Kiffin in particular, just exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, what what a, what are
2: your thoughts on on him deciding to stay, Lou? I think it shows that he still has loyalty, and he wants, you know, he thinks he can still uh, turn this turn school into a legitimate legitimate uh, legitimate team, and you know, can compete out there. So I don't, so um, you know, I don't blame him for for staying. I really don't. All right, we it
1: seems we have a new caller calling in. Area code four hundred four. You are on the air. Uh
3: oh. Hey, what's up, y'all?
2: How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. Wait, all is,
1: right. This, I hear Lou is this, this uh, a? Is this Nash, yeah, nice, Oh yeah. Oh, hey, okay. Nage. You know what? I was I was checking my podcast call. I was checking my because, uh, you know, I keep track of who has called in the past uh, based off of area code, and I saw that you were on there. So I oh, was right. wondering if this if this was you. Uh, so how's it going, Nash? Things all right, man. How
3: about 'bout
2: y'all? He remembers me. <laughs>
3: Well, not much. We've been, you know, we've
1: been talking. Uh, we've been talking about uh, about the World Cup, and we also uh, have just gone off of uh, gone on to college football. Uh, I mean, let's get let's get your thoughts, Naj, uh, right away here. You know, Lane Kiffin deciding to remain with Ole Miss instead of uh, all the rumors were saying that he was go- that he was probably going to be going to Auburn, and he, of course, refuted those rumors. So what what are your thoughts on uh, on Kiffin deciding to remain at Ole Miss?
3: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, for one, it, it's your agent's job to beat the bushes and get the rumor mill started. So I, I always assume that the leak is coming from inside the house, as far as driving up your price and getting it known that you're a wanted commodity. So you know that's part of the game. But I think we don't we, we don't consider the wife's connection miss. like When we're talking about Lane Kiffin, think about how much he's moved across the country and kind of uprooted the family and, and their life and everything else. At a point, when does your wife say, hey, we need to figure out somewhere where we're going to stay for a decade plus, or, or I like the schools here, or I like the kids' friends here. I, I think that's in place. Okay. And then the other part right. And then the other part is, Ole Miss is just a better job than Auburn. Uh, the expectations of Auburn are unrealistic. They expect you to win the Iron Bowl, uh, compete with Alabama neck and neck, so to say, and a down year for them is unacceptable for some reason, even though their track record says, you know, they win every blue moon. They might have an undefeated team or something, but I, I, I just think at old Miss, the expectations are a little lower. They'll be a little more grateful about what you can pull off, and, Man, as long as you're not Hugh Freeze uh calling up uh ladies of the night, I mean I feel like they happy. So, you know, Lane Kiffin's is energetic dude. He deserved every bit of the money, he's earned it. So, yeah, I, I just think it's a better job than Auburn though.
1: Right, yeah. And and you know, another, another thing another thing too is uh it's been heavily rumored that once Nick Saban decides to retire that Lane Kiffin is going to be Alabama's first uh, first choice
0: to take yeah. over
1: for for Saban as head coach. So uh, gotta assume that if he had decided to go to Auburn, that that would have been off
3: the table. Woof, man, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Once you become an Auburn man, you're not getting that damn job. But. I think you want to be the guy after the guy, after Nick Saban anyway though, man. Uh I wouldn't want any parts of, of directly replacing Nick Saban. That seems like a sad right. for failure.
1: True, I mean that would be you know, that would be kind of like uh that would be kind of like being the guy to replace Bill Belichick or something for the New England Patriots.
2: Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> good luck.
1: All right. You know, Saban's basically that type of uh, that type of coach in college, so you know that's basically what the equivalent is.
3: So I, yeah, I wouldn't want any of that if I was him. But well, I mean, in Ole Miss, man, with with his system, there's athletes down there. Uh, I mean, you don't have to necessarily put up a fence around Mississippi, but as long as you get enough Texas and Florida and Georgia, yeah. along with a nice grouping of Mississippi, I mean, you can field a good team. Right. And, I mean, mm-hmm. plus, you know,
1: it's a, it's an eight-year, it's an eight-year, $9 million per year contract that Kiffin has uh, re-upped with uh, Ole Miss for. So, you know, I'd say he's he's, getting paid probably close to the same amount that he would have gotten at Auburn, I would assume.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Without the uh, the unrealistic expectations, the only thing is he's clearly locking in security because the eight-year deal in this market is kind of, uh, I don't know about that, because this is probably going to be considered a bargain in three years as the salaries, you know, escalate a little more. But I guess he wanted that long-term security. Yeah, that's entirely
1: possible. And, and, you know, somebody who also is looking for long-term security and he seems to have found it, uh, Matt rule uh, has been named as Nebraska's new football coach, uh, signing him to an eight year deal, which I believe is pretty much the same exact term that he signed for with Carolina. And we saw how that turned out. Uh, But Uh, He previously, uh, for anybody who remembers, he previously had successful stints in college football uh, as both the Baylor head coach and Temple head coach. Uh, Mm -hmm. A news conference is supposedly scheduled for Monday. Uh, He will be replacing Scott Frost, who was fired earlier this season after a one and two start. Uh, Mickey Joseph, uh, for the time being, had been promoted to interim head coach and rule actually appeared on college game day today uh that the fact that basically saying that the fact that he knew the previous regime uh that's what made the job more attractive for him and yes. uh that he can, you know he considers Scott Frost to be a very good friend of his uh so he knows that the nebraska program has a good has a good culture uh now the Cornhuskers they finished 4 and 8 uh this year which is obviously down compared to compared to previous years. Uh I mean let's start with you Lou. What what are your thoughts on Matt Rule uh inevitably going back to college football like he has and do you think that Rule will
2: be able to uh get Nebraska back on track? If he can, I don't know who can. I mean, you know I mean, this is not the Tom Osborne native of the 90s. You know, Nebraska, you know, has really been on uh, crash course themselves. But I don't think you do any worse than Ken Denway when try to be as look at the pros. I think you should be better off as a college coach. So uh, maybe Nebraska, you know, can use them. Maybe they can take them back up to where they uh, once were back in their, well, maybe not going all the way back to the glory days, but at least resembling some of it. I mean, because, you know, just because you're good as a college coach does not mean you're going to transfer all on the pros. And there's a prime example right there.
1: Right. Well, what are what are your what are your thoughts, Naj? Uh with uh with Matt Rule uh coming back to coming back to college football, which uh you know, everybody it, it seemed like to everybody that it was a foregone conclusion that that's what was gonna happen.
3: Yeah yeah, I'm 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 in agreement with Lou. I, I just think he's a college coach. I I never thought he was an N F L coach and he fell on his face. Uh, he was terrible in Carolina, but anybody that can win at Temple and Baylor, I mean, <laughs> as far as college, uh, he's a proven commodity. And honestly, if he never goes to the NFL, Nebraska would never have the chance to hire him. So this right. worked out perfectly for them. Uh, they're kind of hitting above their weight. Uh, will he win? I don't know. I I, I just think the expectations. Has to be realistic. The Tom Osborne days are never coming back. You can't recruit at that level anymore to get people to come out yeah. here and want to stay. So, you know, conference championship, uh, lower tier bowl games. To me, if you do that consistently, yeah, that's success in Nebraska now. So, to me, yeah, they got a great hire. Oh yeah, that's what you know. That's what I was
1: saying. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that. Oh, Nebraska is going to all of a sudden make the college football playoff. But you know, uh, I would say if anything for Nebraska, you know, just getting into a bowl game uh, under rule would probably be a win for them so to get them basically back on track to you know where they to where they had been for a couple of years.
3: Right, right. Some normal seven win season. And then some we some seasons, you, you mess around and get nine. Like, yeah, you 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 run off the string of those in Nebraska. Uh, you've done your job well. Now the difficult part is, if Rule comes mm-hmm. in and does as well as we we are assuming he can, uh, I doubt you can keep him. That's the other tough part.
4: Yeah,
1: because of course you know this will attract uh, this will attract him to other uh to other potential openings for maybe even maybe bigger programs but uh D- Diane let's get your thoughts uh what are your thoughts on on Matt Rule you know going uh, going from the NFL back to college football
5: I think he'll be a good coach
1: Yeah I mean he's you know it's he's going, been, going he's going been a, a pro. uh, proven he's been a proven commodity but uh you know it's it's another it's another thing though when you take a look at how he did in the NFL i mean take a look at the panthers when he was coach this year and then look at the panthers since he's been fired you know they're a completely different team ever since he's been fired so kind of kind of looking like you know the NFL just wasn't the place for him Pretty much. Mm-hmm.
3: So there, there are some people who have to kind of rule with an iron hand and they don't want to be yes. questioned about anything. And if they can have their thumb on every part of the organization and everybody kind of just has to actually ask to them, then, you know, that's their scenario. But the NFL doesn't work like that. You're actually dealing with adults, real relationships, and that stuff does just doesn't fly. So it's just not for everybody. Right. Yeah, it's you know, it, it, we saw
1: we saw it happen with Urban Meyer when he tried to uh you know, when he tried to uh go to the NFL and we saw how long he lasted, which wasn't long at all. So yeah. you
3: know, it's, yeah, well, the,
0: it's longer than Urban Meyer.
3: But I don't know how much of that was just uh, they had paid him so much money they couldn't get rid of him early on. Yeah. You know what
5: though?
1: Uh, following Ohio State's loss to Michigan, fans are wanting Urban Meyer back, which I find absolutely mind blowing. The fact that yeah, oh because because Ohio State lost once. To a top team like Michigan, all of a sudden that Ooh, now means that they need to, You know, all of a sudden now that means that Ryan Day needs to be fired. Or talk about being Well,
3: well it, it's a who you lost to and how you lost, so So uh, what's his name, Spencer? Okay. What's his name, Spencer Howard, or whatever the guy's name is at ESPN? Can't think of the college football guy. I'm probably calling the wrong name, but earlier in the season, he yeah. predicted that Michigan would blow out Ohio State. He said, this is a finesse team. They don't like to hit, and they don't like to be hit.
1: <laughs>
3: and then this Michigan team right, 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 right. is get beat up. And I couldn't believe that it actually played out today. I wish I'd bet it. I just didn't believe it when he said it, but I wish I'd bet it. Believe it. That's
2: what we saw. So here's the, here's the here's a good question here with Ohio
1: State. Now obviously, you know, uh we've been looking at the uh Heisman at the Heisman Trophy uh finalists and the Heisman you yep. know, the Heisman trophy race. Uh Hendon Hooker obviously uh ruined his chances after tearing his ACL last week uh yep. when they lost to South Carolina. Did we see potentially a second person drop out of the Heisman race with C.J. Stroud having a subpar performance today against Michigan?
3: Mm. I would say so. Yeah, I would too. If you lose in a shootout, it's more respectable. But for you to get physically beat up by a team who was down their star running back and just had to kind of grit their way through it, And then ended up blowing you out. Like, yeah,
0: sorry.
1: Yeah. Lou, what what are your thoughts? Do you think that uh, that we may we may have seen the Heisman Trophy race now all of a sudden completely change with uh, Stroud's performance today, or subpar performance, I should say.
2: That may play a factor in the committee. I mean, they're going kind to of come down from the list to down to four people by Monday. I think Stroud may have uh, met his match. I think with his performance, uh, say that could, um, you know, potentially hurt his chances of getting the hyphen. So, um, yeah, I, a, I mean, not for nothing, but it looked like it was close to the first half. I mean, Ohio State and in Michigan, we're battling we're back and forth, and it looks like you know it was all able to the hype, but Michigan just you know exploded by the time the third quarter came around, and Ohio State you know, just bought this bought this whole uh, footing and was strong. Um, strong at that point, that could hurt them. I thought maybe it's going to be a shoe-in to win, but uh Johnny today, now I don't think so. Well, you know the top two. The top two
1: were Stroud and Hooker, and now obviously Hooker can't really do much more with him tearing his ACL and he's out for for the rest of the year. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and Stroud obviously he didn't help himself today with his performance. I mean, he had uh, two touchdowns, two picks. He threw for 349 yards. So, I mean, he had he had a – it's not bad, but he had a – that's why I said he had a subpar performance. hmm You know, when, when you need to have the type of performance to keep you on top of the race, this is what – it kind of makes me think that maybe perhaps this may have narrowed the race a little bit and maybe Hendon Hooker, despite being out of uh, – despite no longer being able to play this year, uh, may still be in it because of performances like this by Stroud.
2: Oh we'll find out on Monday.
1: <laughs> yeah that oh yeah, that's right. Uh Monday will be the uh will be the big uh the big reveal to see. Yes. Yeah. Now I do wanna talk a little bit about uh the NFL. In particular uh, maybe the one game that everybody's been talking about uh, from Thanksgiving was it uh, was it a touchdown or was it not? Or, or actually, no, not a touchdown. Was it a catch or was it not? With uh, Patriots tight end Hunter Henry, it seemingly looked like mm-hmm. he had gotten the catch. He, he had uh, maintained control of the ball. His hand was underneath the ball when when uh it had hit the ground and supposedly they had gotten rid of the rule in 2018, where you would have to survive the ground in order to, yeah. uh, in order for it to be considered a catch. That was supposedly eliminated in 2018. Every right. single analyst said that this was a touchdown. And if not a touchdown, it was maybe a catch and down at the one. Ugh. To me, now obviously I'm biased. I'm a Patriots fan. To me, right. it looked like it was a catch. Now the question is, I don't know if it was yeah. a touchdown because I mean he did extend before he had before he had gone down. He did extend the the hand over the line, uh, but it, it, it just it seemed weird to me the fact that uh, it was ruled incomplete. When really there was never really any movement to where you, you know you can you couldn't really tell if the ball really even hit the ground because it looked like yeah. on replay that his hand was underneath the ball. So I mean let's start let's start out with you Lou. Did you get a chance to watch uh, to watch that game?
2: Um, yes, a lot of the whole game, um, but I did hear about the catch. It sounds like it was one point at the one, and it did not cross the line of the touchdown, so I think I have to agree with that. Well, no,
1: maybe it wasn't a touchdown, but it it appeared to be like it was a catch, though.
2: Yes. That'll
1: give you. Which, I mean, you know, this is, this is a pretty big deal because uh, because the Patriots went on to kick the field goal instead of potentially going for the touchdown. I mean, that... May have drastically shifted the momentum of the game, to where all of a sudden the Vikings had a lot of momentum moving forward after that, because of that one specific call. I all mean, right, let's go. Let's go to Unaj. What What are your thoughts on that? What uh, did you did you see it, and what what in your opinion was it a catch?
0: Yeah,
3: I saw it. I mean, I thought it was a catch. Uh, I mean, at this point. I just look at it like this: after the Calvin Johnson situation and the Dez Bryant situation, if people've been watching football for thirty years and you're telling us we don't know where the catch is, that's the you problem. So this is the NFL needs to clean that up and (laughs) make sure things are kind (laughs) of standard. Like there has to be a standard of what we're watching as fans. Like you watch,
0: like come on, man.
3: We're watching this way too long for you to tell us. Well, okay, okay. What is? So yeah, bad call in my in my opinion. But you know, yes. What are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, and you know, it was it was definitely very unfortunate with the uh, result. Yeah, I mean, you you would think after all these years, you know, with uh, that this whole debate on what is a catch, what's not a catch, would have been put to rest by now you know unfortunately you know it, it just seems like there are all these different situations that uh, that keep popping up all of a sudden that now make you wonder okay maybe maybe there's now a different perspective to look at this from but uh, Diane what are your thoughts did you get to uh, di- did you watch the game at all yeah. no no okay well uh yeah you know i i- can t- i can tell- i can tell you for certain you know this was definitely uh one of the more uh argued about things uh, uh, well definitely in the in the football world and <laughs> i mean my god you know it's 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 getting ridiculous to the point of where you have you have every analyst, every football analyst out there, you know, people like rich Eisen. uh I know uh, a couple of the members of the NBC crew were also saying that it was, that it was, that it was a catch. Uh, those who yes. do the, uh, the pregame uh, with the exception, of course, of, uh, of uh, the longtime uh, Colts coach, uh, Tony Dungy, who, of course, has has held a grudge against New England for so many years. You know, of course, he's going to say that it wasn't a catch, which I, mean, I can't really say that right. I'm shocked about that. But, uh, yeah. you know, it seemed like everybody was pretty much in agreement that it was a catch. At the very least, it was a catch. Now, whether or not it was a touchdown is a completely different situation. But right. – uh, uh, regardless though, uh, that one play, uh, a lot of people seem to believe seem to believe, uh, may have cost new England ultimately in the long run as all the momentum had begun to swing in, in favor of Minnesota. So, uh, for once Kirk cousins didn't lose in prime time. So maybe the big yeah. shocker of the week there. Uh, Buffalo, right. they extended, uh, you know, they got back, uh, towards the top of the AFC East with a 28, 25 win over the, D- the Detroit lions, uh, the Dallas Cowboys hung on 28 to 20 over the giants. Uh, you know, honestly, I was, uh, the way both teams were playing, I was surprised that it was even that close.
2: Uh obviously yeah, the lad well it was an onside kick probably and that's how they were to the score but well I mean they tried to go the onside kick and they just couldn't muster
1: Yeah, you know ne- needless to say I was uh I was I was kind of surprised
5: <laughs>
1: Uh let me see. I believe we have uh
5: Alexis is this you? Yeah, it's totally me. I know, shocking. I'm off on a Saturday.
1: Yeah, go figure, right? Uh, this is the first Saturday that you've called in five hundred years, it seems.
5: Yeah, I've been busy with shit on 100. Saturdays. Even if I'm off, it's like something comes up that I hadn't been able to call in.
1: Well, let's get let's get your thoughts on. Uh, I assume you probably had had the opportunity to watch. Uh, uh, to watch Thursday night football, right?
5: I definitely watched the football games Thursday. I, I don't think – I might have missed the catch-no-catch uh, no catch thing because I, I was doing a bunch of Thanksgiving shit as well around that time. Oh,
1: Okay well I'll, you know i'll tell you one thing uh it's definitely been a huge topic of conversation around the league and it kind of makes you it kind of makes you think you know that that whole
0: mm-hmm.
1: entire uh thing is going to be is it's, it's going to pop back up now all of a sudden to where uh we're going to consistently have that uh that conversation of when should you know when should a catch be considered a you know when when a catch should be should be considered a catch and when it isn't.
5: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: But you know, I want to get some of your I want to get your thoughts on some of the uh, co- we talked a little bit of college football earlier. Uh, let's start with uh, with uh, with Ole Miss. Uh, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on on Ole Miss? Uh, Keeping their head coach.
5: Yeah. Hopefully, uh, it works out for him. On that one. I mean, Lane
1: Kiffin, eight eight years, nine million per
5: year. Yeah.
1: Wow. I mean, you know, this is a guy that that has been involved in multiple rumors of him going to Auburn. For him to uh, shut those rumors down himself, and it caused a huge stir amongst the amongst the college football community. I mean, you know, what are your thoughts that that you know he's ultimately decided to stay with Ole Miss instead of going uh, to Auburn, which Naj had said you know there's much more lofty expectations at Auburn Mm -hmm.
5: compared to Ole Miss. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can go to Auburn. They they definitely expecting you to win. Like Ole Miss, said, yeah, they kind of want to win, but not exactly ever really in the pit the picture here.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's 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 lesser expectations essentially at right Ole Miss for him. So it's you know, there's not nearly as much pressure. As opposed to if he were to have gone to Auburn. And by the way, uh, it looks like congratulations may be in order potentially for your Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, they may yeah. be about to cause uh, the Tigers of LSU to potentially miss the college football playoff.
5: Yeah, I heard that rumor that? from from uh, Tim. Before I got on here, I'm looking. It's like, oh shit, we're actually winning a football game. It's a, that's the biggest shot. And I realized my team well, yeah. knew how the fuck to win a, the football game.
1: Yeah, I mean, this kind co- this comes off of the heels of you guys uh, just barely being able to somehow put up only 20 points against uh, UMass. Uh, right. Either, I think it was last I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Uh for some reason you were only able sweep, to put up twenty, 20 points. Twenty to
0: three. Woo.
1: Twenty uh, points against a against a now one and eleven UMass team.
5: I mean that's obviously yeah. that's kinda of pathetic. The fact yeah, that you're only it, able it to put up that much. And this yeah, and this is also the same team that lost uh, to Appalachian State at the very beginning of the, the season. Oh yeah, that's a, you know that's another
1: thing too. Uh, Appalachian State, uh, I believe they, if I recall correctly, they fell down to earth uh, quite <laughs> yeah. big,
5: actually. Yeah, they're uh, actually six and five right now.
1: Uh, no, they're six and six now. They just lost.
5: Are they six and six? Oh, okay, they lost. Okay. Yeah, they just lost today to to Georgia
1: Southern in two overtimes. Damn. They themselves have had uh, have had quite a bit of a uh, downfall.
5: Mm-hmm. I, I would say, like, hopefully we win our bowl game, but we've lost so much that we actually don't get a bowl game this year. Mm. Hard to believe we started out the year ranked number six.
2: Yeah, and then the ranked bomb
1: dropped out from air. there and how quickly yeah. how quickly did you guys fall away uh from number 6
5: <laughs>
1: very f- quickly yeah yeah uh, it is uh it, needless very to say quickly. this uh, th- this uh, this looks nowhere near the team that would be that would be ranked number 6 which by the way uh speaking of number 6 if uh USC can hang on to their current lead over Notre Dame. Uh, this will likely put the nail in the coffin of any hopes for Alabama to somehow sneak into the college football playoff.
5: So, right, and it, if they had, they would be the first team to have two losses to make it in.
2: I don't think Notre Dame's yeah, gonna you know,
5: gotta, gotta catch up. <laughs> no,
1: I, I I don't think Notre Dame will.
5: No. No Notre Dame I mean,
1: lost like
5: many of games too. I
1: mean, because what is it? It's the top four teams, right? That make it into into right. the into the, yes. the playoffs. So yep. obviously with with Ohio State's loss today. Right. Michigan will probably move up to two. I would assume TCU will probably move up to three. Ohio State would pro—I would assume—would probably be on the brink. Right. Uh, LSU with their loss, that probably puts them out of contention. Uh, Clemson lost though as well today, surprisingly. So yeah, right. I don't know where it would go from there. Because Clemson lost, Oregon lost. You know, I would say maybe Alabama may still. Well, actually, no, because if USC wins, USC would have the. Uh, I mean, they, they would be eleven and one.
5: So. Right. I huh. would say it probably bit be Ohio State then Alabama. Because it's like Ohio State. That's only their first loss. And their one loss yeah. is going to come from who's. Pop- possibly going to be the Big Ten champions this year. Right. And, actually,
1: you know what? Yeah, uh, but the, speaking of they, Alabama, they don't
3: have a lot of quality wins, though, outside of the Big no. Ten this year. So that loss mm-hmm. is really going to hurt them. This, this prob- the USC, if they hold on against Notre Dame, I need uh, I Addison to add a sign to catch team. a few balls, honestly. But right. Caleb Williams probably jumps into the Heisman uh, conversation as well from uh, USC.
1: I could see that. I could see that especially especially yeah. with Hooker no longer uh with Hooker uh no longer playing and Stroud having such a having such a subpar game today. You know, I could I could mm-hmm. see I could see USC uh all of a sudden, all of a sudden sneak in there. I would assume probably the top two favorites no. for the college football playoff though would probably be either Georgia or Michigan.
0: You know, right. I don't
1: really see I don't really see TCU uh, matching up against either. And I mean USC maybe, but I honestly I don't even think I would see USC matching up real well against either of the two.
3: No. no. Yeah, but at least SC has the athletes. Like, if you line up Michigan and they want to play that physical brand of football against Georgia, it, good luck. Like, you, you're not going to beat up Georgia <laughs> at the no, last advantage no. and win. No. You've got to spread them out and out scheme them. Like, you're not going to beat them up. So, I, it's, it's good that Michigan won. You know, salute to Harbaugh for getting it done, but I, I don't know All about right. them against those other ones. And by the way, uh, with
1: Oregon's loss last- to the Beavers today. Uh, Oregon is no longer eligible for the Pac-12 championship.
0: Damn, Damn.
1: because of that loss. Uh, the Beaver. And here, here's the thing, too. I was kind of surprised. Uh, I, th- I believe, if I recall correctly, Oregon was up like 31 to 13 or something along those lines, or 31 to 10, and then yeah. uh, they went on well, to didn't... score only th- only three points the entire rest of the second half.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bad coaching. They got real conservative and close to the vest and started milking the clock, and that comes back to bite you in, in today's game. But I feel bad for Bo Nix, man, because, you know, he was done yeah. so badly down here in the SEC country, man. People talked about that dude like he was the worst quarterback ever. He goes out there, has this great season, and, yeah, they kind of blew it today, man.
1: And actually, speaking of Oregon, uh, their offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham, uh, will now reportedly be the new head coach of Arizona State, from what it sounds like. Uh, He is expected to accept the offer uh, that Arizona State has offered him. So, you know, it kind of makes you wonder if maybe maybe he just phoned it in the entire rest of the second half, because... Mm -hmm. Well, Oregon seemed like a completely different team compared to the first
4: half. Yeah,
3: they did. Well, he might as well put that for sale sign in the yard because the alums out there are going to come for him because you are not going to be able to explain to them why that's not what happened. They're going to be convinced that that guy.
0: (laughs) Right.
1: Also, uh, Florida Atlantic, they have fired their head coach, Willie Taggart, uh, he has officially been let go uh, following today after a 15 and 18 record through two seasons mm-hmm. with the Owls. So uh, Florida no is looking to go a different direction. That's a, that's no surprise. No. The oh. yeah. stuff, you know
3: they. Oh, yeah. You know they, they
2: have been known for you know they're. You know, for their win, uh, winning right. style, they're 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 pretty they're pretty bad. So it doesn't surprise me at all that they um finally fired him. They didn't really get him anywhere. That, that school that school's wall school program was a joke.
3: Mm-hmm. But I think I think we're That's- gonna see more of this with, with nil. Uh, being involved and with alums having more say with how things go, they already had way too much power. Like when we really think about it, how much alums right, right. have, the big, you know, the big check riders. With uh, the way everything is now, everything is going to be sped up a little bit. So if you're a coach and everything is leaning one way, if you can't like rally the alums to your side in that fight when they go in those rooms and close the door, man, they're going to get you out of there. Mm-hmm. They're gonna pay your buyout and get you the hell out of there.
1: And here's the here's the thing that gets me: Florida Atlantic wants Kendall Bryles as their new head coach from Arkansas. And mm-hmm. we've seen how badly he has how badly he has uh, he has made that Arkansas offense. I mean, they've been horrible with him as uh, as their offensive coordinator this year?
3: Well, at least they're realistic about who they can get. <laughs> yeah. True,
1: but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Arkansas fans, they will be more than willing to allow Kendall Bryles to leave. Uh, especially, you know, Arkansas was looking to be uh, – a heavily improved team this year. And instead it's like they've taken three steps back following last year's uh, showing. So it's definitely, uh, I'll tell you one thing's for sure. If they, if they come calling for Kendall Bryles, Arkansas ain't going to say no. And this is a little bit of an interesting development. Uh, The central Florida Knights, they had led South Florida 28 to nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: South
1: Florida now South Florida now leads 39 to 38.
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: You want to talk about a swing of a uh you know a, yeah. a swing of a game.
3: Jesus. <laughs> and then I mean, I don't want to make this an Atlanta conversation, but when you go to these coaching clinics and these people talk, the thing that came up years ago was everybody said, put, you know, the pedal to the metal. And then we saw, you know, the, the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl, 38-3. to 3, We all know the story. And teams started to get back into the old school idea of, hey, when you got a lead, you need to milk it a little bit. Time and score is important, and you need to, you know, Shorten the game once yeah. you've got the lead. But with these spread offenses, hey, man, you keep giving somebody the ball. <laughs> Anything can
2: happen. Well, we all know what you want to stands for, don't we? <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, let me bring in uh, – I, I,
1: have... yes. mm-hmm. I believe we have Alex joining us. Alex, you there?
4: Hey, what's up, guys?
1: How's
4: it going, Alex? Good. I'm watching a little Notre Dame. We're we talking pigskin. I think I just heard that.
1: Yes. Uh, we've been talking. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of coaching changes, uh, coaching news that we've been talking about all throughout college football, and also uh, one of the topics we brought up as well is after C.J. Stroud's uh, subpar performance today for uh, Ohio State. Could he potentially
4: be out of the running for the Heisman? Yeah, I think that's that's a good uh question. I think that's definitely in jeopardy. He didn't look good. He looked decent, but Heisman Heisman trophy winners shouldn't shouldn't look decent in the biggest games. So he actually yeah. didn't help his chances. I mean what did you what what were you guys' thoughts? I don't think I would not I d I wouldn't I wouldn't uh vote for him if I had to vote now.
1: Yeah, no, you know, I I almost think that this may have narrowed the gap a little bit for Hendon Hooker, even though he's out for the rest of the, for the rest of uh, college with a uh, torn ACL. You know, oh, yeah. this may have narrowed the gap a little bit for him to maybe perhaps now, uh, you know, he could actually potentially
4: pass Shroud. Yeah, yeah, it has to be here. I, I wouldn't mind him winning it. Yeah, I mean, you could. And you could potentially. It, it's, it seems like Stroud just has a, definitely had more weapons at his disposal. I was probably more impressed by Hooker overall this whole year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. Uh... He, he's def, definitely been more consistent.
4: Sure. Terrible news about uh, Hooker's ATL. Yeah. The worst part of sports, man, those injuries.
2: Especially the ATLs. And the concussions. Absolutely.
4: Uh, Alexis, yeah, I mean, think it could uh, happen.
3: Like, yeah, it's a possibility, but. Everybody else has the advantage of they're still playing, and people remember what they saw last. So anybody who puts up a performance that's kind of an ESP classic, so to say, you know, they probably get the nod. Yeah,
4: that's a good point. He's got the chance to keep playing. He's going to be more recent. and Yeah, Booker It's kind of shut down. So it'll be interesting to see who wins it.
1: Uh, Alexis, I know you're watching. I know you're watching the pay-per-view right now, uh, Survivor Series. I know you're as shocked as I am wow. with what we just saw.
4: <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah,
1: how's that going? <laughs> uh, Austin in an amazing match, a triple threat match that they just did for the United States title, and they decided to give nice. the title back to Austin Theory.
4: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: and. Now we got war games coming up. Uh, the old WCW uh, gimmick match. Oh, yeah. Where it was two cages, so two crazy. cages put together. Two cages put together with two rings put together. And it's it's essentially two matches happening at the exact same time. And... I got to say the women's match earlier was incredible, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with the men's match coming up next. But
5: Right. Are you know uh, the bloodlines probably going to end up winning the match?
1: I don't know, though. Yeah. They're kind of teasing Sami Zayn splitting from the bloodline, so I don't know. It's It's back and forth. But uh you know, now now that we have uh now that we have Alex, uh Alexis and Naj on the uh on the call, uh we were talking uh World Cup soccer uh earlier. Uh have you have you uh have you three had the chance to watch any of the World Cup this year?
5: I haven't watched it but I've heard and read a lot on it. And I was making jokes cause, uh It was like yesterday, whatever, USA versus England. England was supposed to kick our ass, and we tied. And I was messing with my England friends Yeah. Yeah. I I was messing with my England fans fans on that, and they're like, but y'all didn't beat us. I'm like, yeah, but y'all didn't kick our ass like y'all were supposed to. That's a win to me. We didn't get our ass kicked.
4: Yeah, and USA had a couple chances to score. They they played well. They Ooh, yeah. outplayed them, but uh, it wasn't. They didn't. They didn't. Obviously, a tie is a tie. But I guess U.S. Mm. I mean, obviously, now USA has to win against Iran on Tuesday to uh, to advance. Yeah, they're,
2: the no, they're fans, not going to uh, win. Their... Yeah, we've been here before. It's they're, they're not going to win.
4: How good is that, Iran?
1: That... <laughs> uh, their goal differential is minus. Too, so take that for what you will. Interesting. You
5: know, uh, I mean, they got USA is totally going to tie England, against Iran so. as well.
1: Oh come on! Don't don't be thinking negatively now. We need
5: no, no, we no, no. need because <laughs> it, it's it's
1: it's win it's win or go home. If we tie with Iran, that's it. Iran advances.
5: <laughs> yeah, but how funny would it be that they tied against all three people? teams that oh, were yeah, in their It never group.
2: happened before. It wouldn't be wow. funny. I would find it funny.
4: Yeah, and they were they were playing well against Wales and then they give up that goal and now they can't score again. So, well,
0: it's it's
4: like <laughs> what I have, said, uh... it's
1: like what I said to uh what I said to Lou uh, uh, on the beginning of the show tonight. Uh the reason why they tied Wales was because coach Bearhalter decided, you know what? Let's go from attack mode to Playing not to lose mode. Yeah. And that's ultimately what costs them.
2: Big mistake right
1: there. Uh-huh. I mean, it's going to be – yep. you're going to find it pretty hard to score when you're when you're controlling the ball in your third of the field for most of the entire second half. Why would you do
3: that? See, so, First so, game, so now yeah. we come full circle, football to football, milking the clock, baby. And, look, I'm not a yeah. soccer guy. So, I, I, you know, I tried to get interested in the World Cup. It's just not for me, man. I, I can't watch a soccer match. So I'm the uncultured American who can not enjoy soccer. But uh, <laughs> the presser is yeah. probably the most interesting thing that happened down there. So, you know, we, seen, we saw the armbands and we saw people talking about the things that are going on in Qatar and how, you know, it should be addressed. And shout out to the guy who runs FIFA. Who ran the ultimate public relations con man game, where he got up there and he said, "Well, you know, you can criticize these things, but you have your own history to be worried about, and you should apologize. We're not, we're not, you're not in the place of morality to speak to, down to anybody else." Like, dude, that is some of the greatest business <laughs> PR ever seen, and he got away with it, uh, and that gave them a couple extra days to kind of justify the stuff that's going on over there. While still keeping the World Cup, man, that that guy, he's an yeah. evil genius.
1: Yeah, it's you a, know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I don't, I don't like what they, uh, I don't like what they're doing in Qatar when it comes to uh, some of the decisions. Uh, I mean, I understand, you know, yeah. the there's different political reasons over there, uh, different political, uh, you know, viewpoints about. Uh, different stuff that's going on over there but I mean they even banned the sale of alcohol over there mm-hmm. which pissed off pretty much every single fan that is that that uh has even bought a ticket to go to go to a World Cup game over there
3: I mean oh, uh, imagine you pay for your flight, you pay for your hotel, everything which is probably ridiculous and then you get there and no nah, no beer <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean they it's were funny. even confiscating. I, I I just laughed at the fact that somebody brought in binoculars and they tried to sneak beer in with the binoculars. Like uh, it's like <laughs> oh, well, it's one of those it's one of those flasks that looks like binoculars, but it's really a flask.
4: That's funny. I just thought you. it was hilarious. Yeah, it's a completely different culture there, which is fine. But yeah, it's not. I don't know. We might have had better venues back in the day for for World Cup and for other events, but hey, yeah. it is what it is. Hey,
1: they get what they deserve. Qatar was the first uh, was the first country eliminated from from the
4: World Cup, so I guess they get <laughs> yeah. what they deserve. Poetic justice, poetic justice. Yep. But, uh,
1: yeah, you know the whole thing the whole thing with the World Cup. Ob- obviously, the U.S. is in now a uh, you know, a winner go home uh, type of uh, situation here. Uh, I'll tell you. Th- I'll tell you this much. I think there will be sweeping. Ch- if if the United States gets eliminated early, there will be sweeping changes to to Team USA because I know they wanted to try. They wanted to try and prioritize speed this year uh, as opposed to finesse. That's why they got rid of certain. Uh, certain members of the previous World Cup roster, uh, like for example, uh, they left one of the uh, one of the former New England Revolution. Actually, no, a couple of former New England Revolution. Uh, Brandon By, who was considered to be one of the best defenders in Major League Soccer, uh, they left him off of the roster. Uh, they also left uh one of New England's strikers off of the roster as well that he had he had previously uh been uh, been part of uh, the men's national team, and they left him off of the roster so there's been a couple of questionable calls already made uh by coach Bearhalter, and I would not be surprised if he gets fired if United States
4: uh gets eliminated mm-hmm. early. Yeah, I would think so. They had a golden opportunity, like I said, against Wales, and now they're just like, yeah, Their he has been dormant. And also he's gone under fire uh,
1: already for sitting Gio Reyna uh, all this time to start off the World Cup. Literally, Reyna got his first minutes of action uh, with eight minutes to go in the game against England. And Reyna is probably one of our top uh one of our top uh scoring uh forwards that we have on the roster wow so i i i can i can tell you right now it's it's potentially it looking it's potentially looking like a bloodbath if uh if the united States does not advance mhm
4: <laughs> Absolutely, Steve. How long are you on tonight, Bud? Because I got to run. I'm a, I'm picking up a late dinner. Uh, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna have to say I'm, goodbye I'm, for now. I'm,
1: you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see. Uh, I was originally planning for just two hours, but we may go. uh okay. We may go as long as my battery will take it.
4: So, okay. And Lou, I'm sorry, <laughs> Lou. I had to uh, work earlier today, but I hope you had a good show. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably hit the road. No, I didn't I gotta have run. a show
2: today, uh, Alex. I took those, I took this week off. Okay.
4: All right, Steve, I'm probably going to call out. I don't want to distract anyone. I'm probably going to be a little busy, so I'll call in next week. Oh, okay. Well, th-
1: thanks for joining right. us tonight, Alex.
4: Yeah, guys. Always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. Okay.
1: You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. so so uh, we do have uh – some other, bit, some other bits of news. Uh, first off, you know, going over to the NHL, the Boston Bruins, they became the first team in NHL history to win their first 12 home games in a row to start off a season with their 3-2 overtime win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Now, they were previously tied with last year's Florida Panthers, and I believe – I want to say it was the Blackhawks were the other team that they were tied with.
2: In, 60, uh,
1: in the 62-63 season, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. So uh, those were the previous two teams that they were tied with. But with an uh, overtime goal by uh, David Pasternak, uh, the Boston Bruins became the first team in NHL history to start off a season 12-0 and at home. Which – I mean, honestly, you know, nobody thought that eleven and zero would be broken, and here we are. Boston and uh, and also New Jersey, you know, they're still looking like one of the two of two of the top teams in the uh, in the NHL right now. Yeah. Uh, we also had a little bit of sad news uh, for for uh, NHL fans, in particular for Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Uh, Borja Salming, uh, who was a true pioneer who helped change the perception of Swedish hockey players, Uh, he passed away on Thursday following a short battle with ALS. Uh, He was 71 years old. Uh, He was diagnosed with ALS at the end of April, but he didn't announce it publicly until August 10th. And actually, he had just returned to Toronto, I believe, if I recall correctly. Uh, A couple weeks ago, he had just returned uh, to Toronto for the first time in years. Let's see. He had 787 career NHL points, uh, which is about 150 goals, 637 assists in 1,148 regular season games uh, played with both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he also had 49 career points in 81 Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, he was also voted to the NHL first All-Star team once back in 1977, uh, the second All-Star team five times between 75-76 and 78-80. Uh, to 80. And he was twice the runner-up in voting for the Norris Trophy for the NHL's top defenseman. So the NHL uh, this week definitely lost a, uh, a big ambassador uh, for the sport when it comes to Swedish uh, hockey players. Uh, One second here. Trying to get something to load. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Ryan Reeves, he was traded to the Minnesota Wild from the New York Rangers this past Wednesday. Uh, In exchange, New York received a fifth-round pick in the 2025 NHL draft. Uh, So basically this was – not really. I mean, this – I mean, let's face it, though. Ryan Reeves, he's like a fourth liner. So, you know, a 35-year-old fourth line, maybe depth player. This was mainly just a depth move. Uh, And New York essentially just trying to get what they can for him. Uh, I mean, he had no points this year in 12 games uh, with 12 penalty minutes. He's He's basically just a goon at this point in his career. So a few of those i i guess I guess it's a way for the Rangers to basically clear up some cap space. I assume though he was he was mainly just uh, he was mainly uh, on the veteran minimum I would assume uh and this is official, and it looks like lSU has officially been eliminated from the college football playoff uh, with their loss. To texas a and m thirty eight to twenty three that is now official
2: uh,
5: i got I got a question where the fuck was this play of ant with a and m during the rest of the season
3: yeah
1: well you know you know how it is they wait until until the pressure is off of them right
5: You wait if until the we had played like this, and then
1: that's when you play.
5: Yeah, if we had played like this during the regular season, we probably would have at least made a freaking bowl game. Oh, that's right, because cause you have to win yeah. six games, right? Yep.
1: Minimum minimum six. A minimum of
5: minimum six of games
2: six. in order to make a bowl game. Yep.
5: Yep, we are five and seven. Woo!
2: Well, remember, Rutgers got a five and seven last year, too. Yeah. Actually, let me look real quick because
1: there was a rumor that. Oh, I guess UConn could technically make a bowl game. I think they're six and six.
2: <laughs> UConn. As a way, yeah. Sorry,
1: football program. Oh, I know. It could be worse. You could be the one and eleven UMass Minutemen.
2: Oh <laughs> boy! Wow. Hey. We-
3: <laughs> yeah, they ain't ain't been UMass's playing. Budget.
5: I thought we were gonna give them their second
3: win. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: well, was that, not? Uh
3: Jimbo's Jimbo's. Uh, no, I was just gonna say. Well, what's what's UMass's budget for football? So it,
2: it is what it is. <laughs> the
3: basketball team is all about. You basketball,
2: but oh, before yeah. you guys suck at football.
3: Right, and then I'm um, looking at A and M. Jimbo's buyout is eighty five million. My God, Ooh. gotta bring him back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh I'm sorry. You're not buying out you're not buying out Fisher for 85 million. No. No. Yeah, I think it's safe to say he's probably uh he's probably there more than likely for the duration of his deal. Right. <laughs> Uh, By the way, this one looks like it's about to go final. UCF did retake the lead over South Florida, 46-39. So that, with 11 seconds left, that is likely to go final any minute now. Uh, And USC, they are down to a Mm 10-point lead over Notre Dame, 31-21. Right. Uh, Last bit of NHL news, uh, Travis Konechny, a forward for the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, he is expected to be sidelined anywhere from one and a half to two weeks due to an upper body injury. Uh, he currently has seven goals and 12 assists in 17 games, uh, but he was injured during the second period of the Flyers' 4-1 to loss to the Boston Bruins on Thursday. And he has missed the past two games uh, for the Flyers. So he is expected to miss. At the very least, I think I think this probably puts them in the range of about four games that he'll be out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- moving over to the NBA, uh, good God, you know we we try we try to keep track of each conference every single week, and I got to tell you, the Western Conference what? is a mess right now. Yes. The Western Conference is a mess. You have first off, I'm 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 surprised that that my Boston Celtics were somehow able to outduel uh Luka Doncic, uh the human cheat code with the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavericks are actually out of the play-in tournament right now as it stands at 9 and 9. Uh the Warriors have climbed back in it. They are now in the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm in the uh when it comes to uh positioning they are currently slotted 10th in the western conference uh but the suns they currently still lead the western conference by about a half game over the denver nuggets uh you got the new orleans pelicans who are surprisingly up there at 11 and 8 uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and Portland Trailblazers are also there at 11 and eight as well. Uh, I mean, this is just a really crowded Western Conference right now. Uh, the mm-hmm. Utah Jazz at 12 and nine, The Sacramento Kings, can you believe that Sacramento is 10 and eight and yet they have one of the top two offenses in the league. I mean, how bad must you be defensively if you're ten and eight, but yet you have one of the top offenses? I mean, it, they just literally—they ended up facing Boston, and you know, Boston at one point it looked like uh, it looked like it was actually going to be a fight that the, that uh, that they would be involved with with the Kings. Uh, but then they realized, oh, wait, this is Sacramento we're playing. Let's just fucking kick their ass the entire rest of the game, which they ended up doing ultimately. Uh, but, yeah, Sacramento, surprisingly, is uh, is in the thick of things. You got the Clippers and you got the Timberwolves also in the thick of things. Uh Unfortunately for you, Alexis, your San Antonio Spurs—they uh, have seen
5: better days. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. have. You know, I could have been mm-hmm. to the game tonight. A uh, buddy of mine offered tickets to go. All right. End up just not going.
3: Mm. Oh. You know what? Uh, actually, you, you, you should have checked gone. it out. The, the the old man turned back the clock tonight. Uh, Brown put up thirty nine <laughs> in a, in a yeah. game against the the clearly tanking San Antonio Spurs, who bought that seven foot four kid out of France and are not making like like Pop is doing weird stuff. Like somebody will go for twenty five one night, next night he might play twelve minutes. Like they're, they're clearly trying to get that pick, <laughs> so it is what it is. And with Sacramento, yeah. it's a feel-good story, man. You got Fox as the bonus. Yeah, they can't defend anybody, but they can score. Mm-hmm. But I, I like that light beam that they do after uh, wins in Sacramento, the little light they right. shoot up from the arena. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool mm-hmm. for fans.
1: Right, uh-huh. yeah. You know, they they, they said that uh, I guess apparently it's the lights that they use are some of the, uh, are some of the brightest lights in uh in the world apparently according to the to the broadcast last night that the uh the specific lights that they use to uh to shoot up into the uh into the air uh are powered so heavily that uh you could possibly see them from space legitimately is what uh what they say
3: i'm all for it man victory beam And, and, and to the golden state point Hey man, this is what happens. You win a championship, and then role players start feeling like they should, they deserve more minutes, and the young guys think they're further along than what they are. And this mm-hmm. is what you get. So I'm enjoying it. I love to see the Warriors fans suffer. Kiss so
2: chances goodbye.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Don't you know, not me? not just
1: that. He, he said, he said, kiss their chances goodbye.
0: Yeah.
3: But, I hope so. You know, not, I, I don't want
1: to say it's, anything because I don't want to jinx it. I mean, you take you take a look at at what they lost this off season, Naj. I mean, yeah, they won the they won uh, the NBA finals, but you take a look at who they lost. They lost Gary Payton Jr. or Gary Payton the yeah. second. Uh, they ended up uh, they ended up losing a couple of players actually. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. Yeah,
3: Otto Porter. They ended up losing. Right,
1: yeah you know it may yep. seem like on on the on the outside it may seem like oh just next man up next man up but they have really been set back this year with with everybody they lost like it's almost like players players that they ex- that they expected to make the jump
3: ended up not making the jump this year yeah they they sent wiseman back to the g league so they really disappointed yeah. in uh these
1: players. Yeah, and I know I know they I know they expected Moses Moody to make a jump uh in his second year. I mean, he's averaging about five point two points per game so far, so you know, he hasn't really made the jump that I think they felt that he was gonna make. Uh, Jordan Poole is pretty much around the same production level that he that he's been giving them. Uh, Kaminga hasn't really been doing that much. It, uh, it, it just it just kind of seems like you know they really expected a lot more out of their uh, second year players, and so far they have uh, they have very
3: underperformed. Look, if you're the Washington Wizards and you call Golden State and you say, "Okay, we'll give you Bradley Beal, we want Jordan Poole, James Wiseman." And Kaminga and a pick. Who says no?
4: Uh,
1: I don't think I don't I don't think Golden State would. I mean, if Golden State wants to capitalize on how much time uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green have left, I don't think Golden State honestly would turn that down. See, I would almost. I would almost think that uh unless Washington is is fully committing to a rebuild I would almost think that Washington would turn that down because you t- you get rid of Bradley Beal and I mean let's let's face it you know part of part of the uh part of the business is still in there you know having to sell tickets and you get rid of Bra- you get rid of Bradley Beal and you lose pretty much the the highlight guy for your – you lose your, your franchise players.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, how much of a franchise player is it? You, you got to pay this guy $250 million and your expectations are, what, the play-in game every year? So I, I, I'd I do it if I was somebody. Very low expectations. Yeah, I get your point, though.
1: I mean I would definitely do it if I was Golden State. I think uh with Poole it, it kind of seems like there's a little bit of a ceiling for him. You know, like he's not going to be Steph Curry. Uh and Curry obviously, you know, with the with the time that he's going to play, uh that that he's playing, you know, he's probably going to be in the league uh playing at a high level for for quite a little bit of time left. And by the time he finally retires Poole is probably going to be looking for big money to begin with in the uh in the you know in the off season and i guess the thing is do you does anybody really think that they're going to that they're going to want to have pool they're going to give pool this uh, this huge bankroll of money uh wow. for him to play on the bench So I think, if anything, they may they may just try to capitalize now while they can. And if, if, if they get an offer uh, in regards to Bradley Beal from the Wizards, I think they may just take it.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're on the boat to or- nowhere, man. Uh, Luka got mm-hmm. sick of Porzingis' BS and ran him out of Dallas. And you got Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal like If that's your big three, you're never really winning anything. So, I mean, I think you should reset it, get some young players, get some picks, and really try to do something. But I just don't see them going anywhere much. But, yeah, Jordan Poole, he is in a tough spot because they had to resign up him Uh to that big deal. But, yeah, like you said, Steph's going to be there. So how much is he actually going to play? Right. You
1: know, if anything, he'll be the sixth man off of the bench, which – I mean honestly, you know, if you're if you're the uh if you're the Golden State Warriors, I mean, right now you have him on a 4-year, 140 million dollar deal. But what let's assume that Steph Curry is going to still be in the league for those 4 years. So Poole is not going to see any bit of playing time Mm -hmm. uh, or any bit of starting time unless Curry gets injured somehow or not even Curry. If, say, Thompson goes down again uh, with some sort of injury, then, okay, Jordan Poole will slot in at the shooting guard there. But uh, actually, no. You know what? He is – he's a free agent next year. So Mm. he's actually at the end of his – Oh wait a minute! No, hang on! No, no, never mind. I'm I'm reading the wrong thing. He did actually uh, sign a contract oh. extension, but it doesn't go into effect until next year.
3: Yeah, they signed him to the extension, and they're waiting on Draymond, and that's where we get into the the punch this summer and the weird chemistry they got going on now, because <laughs> they didn't give right. Draymond the big deal that he wanted. And, oh, don't I mean, have... Draymond's getting a little older, so I, I kind of can understand why they didn't.
1: All right, what, what are your thoughts, Naj? On, you know, I, I know we haven't had the chance to get your thoughts uh, since that happened, uh, but it kind of seemed like to me it was more of an ego thing, like Draymond, uh, you know, seemingly wanting to bully uh, not saying Pool is a rookie, but it's almost like it's it's almost like it was an ego thing between
3: Green and uh, and Pool. Yeah, I mean Draymond was wrong for it, no matter what. Like you, you, you don't do that to a young guy. But there is the the part about Pool getting the extension, him not getting the extension. Uh, this young guy is walking around like he's the one. Who got these banners put up when we're the ones who did it and he's carrying himself as if he's a part of that, so there's always that right. separation. but then there's the other part of and y'all notice on every basketball level as a guard there's always a big who comes in to protect you if some big starts yelling at you or getting close to you or something like that. The fact that no other big came over there and stopped that, that makes you wonder about this, like, uh, what's that draft day? Nobody came to your, uh, <laughs> your draft party. Like, that's a yeah. weird part. But Draymond was wrong no matter what because you're the vet. Like, you've been talking to these kids for years, teaching them and everything for years. So you kind of ruined the trust that was in that room because, you know, you can't be the one that hit so right. he was wrong no matter right. what, but you know. And
1: you know you know what? I look at it like this. Uh how about uh stop being Mr. Triple Single and actually put yeah. up uh meaningful and actually put up meaningful stats. Then you'll have the right to talk shit. Right. I mean yeah, well, yeah you, you don't, may don't have been, right. you play like shit. You know, you may have been a big part of the four of the four uh NBA titles, but I mean, come on. This guy can't even put up double digits anymore. And you know, he's he's walking around like he's uh you know, li- like like he's still a vital member of that team. I guarantee you, you replace Draymond Green with any other big man, and you could probably get the same uh you could probably, you know, you could probably get around the same production from any other big man to what Draymond is giving.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the math that they've kind of done and not giving them the extension. Like you're saying, the triple-single thing, I, I don't think he's capable of much more. Like, I mean, like, what does he do? Now, the intangible stuff is there, uh, him defensive captain, kind of pointing everybody in the right direction, getting everybody lined up, like, all of that. But how much is that worth? Uh, damn sure not a max deal. So, right, yeah, I, like, I get your point. Like, if you get a solid power forward in there, you lose a little, but how much are you losing as opposed to what you'd be paying? Right. They're already paying the lunch tax I think they're paying like eighty nine million a year in lunch yeah tax. So. It's,
0: it,
1: it, uh, they're they're among the top uh when it comes to when it comes to total payroll if i recall correctly so they're they're among the top uh the top teams when it comes to uh the heavy uh, heavy duty uh, contracts that they have currently. And You know what I made? I'm, I I gave the Celtics so much shit for giving uh, Marcus Smart yeah. the contract that he got, but honestly, I would rather have Marcus Smart on his deal than to give Draymond Green uh, big money that he wants because Smart nice. Smart is a defensive captain as well and. You know, Smart actually produces. Green, all he does is he basically he basically tries to draw fouls. Essentially, that's all he does. And when he doesn't, he bitches at the refs. That's pretty much all he did during the entire NBA Finals. And he wonders he wonders why he got his little feelings hurt by the by the city of Boston by uh, that, by their fans making Draymond as a bitch
3: T-shirt, because he is. He's a high IQ guy, but the skill set will never change. He can't right, shoot no. it. He's not going to get more athletic. He's not going to get faster. All of those things are only going to be in decline. So, and, and the thing about Marcus Smart is, like you said, he's defensive captain. But the thing is, on nights where it's going in for him, and he starts hitting threes, they become unbeatable. So th- that's the thing yeah. with, with Boston and how important he is to them. Now, he can't shoot, and we all know he can't shoot, but he doesn't know that. And he will continue to oh, put up threes. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, night when they yeah. go in, boy, you're in trouble. Like, you're in trouble when he makes it. Right. You
1: know, that, that was my big thing with Marcus Smart was I was pissed off that he continued to play hero ball when we didn't need him to. When like I would rather have Jason Tatum have the have a chance at the final shot than having Marcus Smart take a chance at the final shot. So, you know it's it, it, it's it's real when it, when it comes to Smart. Like literally, that was my only problem that I had with him is that he decided to try and play hero ball, uh, way too many times. Wh which ultimately you know. Uh, for part of the time, had actually cost Boston quite a few games.
3: But <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, dude, you, you, they're a great team, though. So I, I just want to see how this plays out, all of the drama uh, with Coach being gone and everything else. I want to see how that plays out. And keep right. your eyes on Dallas, man, because it's not going to accept this. Like, they need another piece on the wing. And if Cupid oh, don't get, get him for him, he, he's gonna look. He's gonna throw a spit, man. But yeah, they need. I agree.
0: You,
3: you know, I mean, you take
1: a you take a look at Dallas's roster, and I mean, they're twenty sixth in the league in points per game. But you take a look at that roster, and like uh, like Lou and I had talked about on a previous show. I mean, you yes. take a look at who they have. You go, you go, Luka Doncic, at the top. Then you have Spencer Dinwiddie, and okay, maybe,
5: oh,
1: uh, maybe. Wait, let's see. Who, who did I say? Okay, so Doncic, then Dinwiddie, and then maybe uh, Christian
3: Wood. Yeah, maybe Christian Wood. Yeah, somebody. Christian
1: maybe maybe Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. and then after that it's like a massive drop off after that so they need they they need desperate help i agree with what you said with what you said they need they need like another wing or something because uh what they're what they're getting right now from from their team it's it, it's almost like it's almost like Luka Doncic has to carry that team on his back literally every single night if they want to expect a win. Th- yeah. This
3: is the yeah. early 2000 Cavs all over again. Uh, you're just swapping Luka for LeBron. you got a right. couple of shooters who some nights can't shoot. You don't have many guys who can create their own right. shot, and you're asking Spencer Dinwiddie to be a almost all-star level player, which he's not, he's good, but... You're asking a little much from him. So yeah, man. Luca's in the same spot LeBron was in and they better do something because if he leaves, oh my God. Speaking of LeBron,
1: yeah. uh, how surprised are you at where the Lakers are right now? The fact that uh <laughs> LeBron, it seems like for for the remainder of his years in the NBA is gonna is gonna spend his time on a uh on a dwindling Lakers team that has uh, refused to get younger and is instead just getting older.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, LeBron just bet on the wrong horse, it appears. Uh, AD was supposed to take over already, and this past week he's been showing, like, the talent that everybody knows he has. Like, he's been playing really well lately. But until he can consistently string that together to kind of get them some cushion for the playoffs and then kind of let LeBron come in and out, because LeBron is old, man. Like, he can't beat the guy anymore. He has to be a secondary guy. So, if Anthony Davis doesn't get right, and, yeah, Rob has done a terrible job as the GM, so the Lakers are in the spot that they're in. But ultimately it just comes down to AD, man. He's going to do it or he's not. Either his name goes up in the in the rafters in LA or it doesn't.
1: Yeah, you know, it ju- it just seems it, it it just seems very weird the fact that you know it, it, ultimately they have put themselves yeah. in a corner to where you know they brought on the huge contract of Russell Westbrook and. It's like they can't – like, in order for them to potentially get rid of Westbrook, they're going to have to get rid of draft capital. Like, they're going to have to give up, yeah. like, a first-round pick or two in order to just get rid of them.
3: I mean, it's just so what weird. Really with how really can't afford how this because gave up all, right all your picks in the AD deal. So, I mean, you're kind of stuck. you got to make it work somehow. AD's got to be healthy. you got to show up and – other than that, you got no shot.
0: <laughs>
3: no, right, I mean
1: I mean imagine that imagine uh with with them having or with the Pelicans having the Lakers pick this year, imagine if the Lakers finish in dead last. That means that the Pelicans are gonna have Victor Wembanyama joining Zion Williamson on that roster.
3: Yeah, sign me I a mean, week pass whenever that happens. Yeah. I'm watching every game like yeah let's, <laughs> let's get it. Right. Jesus
1: I mean, you wanna talk you wanna talk about a uh,
3: about a one
1: two punch assuming that Wembenyama can uh can translate well to uh to the NBA and you know, he doesn't make the same mistake that uh, you know, he does he doesn't make the same mistake that Chet Holmgren made, which is uh, refuse to uh, put on a muscle. And we saw what happened with Holmgren. He, uh, he ended up injuring himself and out for the entire year because LeBron James brushed up on him in a uh, exhibition game. So, you know, it's, that's the problem I have with the, with these big guys like uh, like Holmgren and and Wembanyama is the fact that they just don't want to put on muscle. They think that
3: they yeah, can look, come into the look, league as, as like much as dick. I like Chet. Yeah, but as much as I like Chet, Wembanyama is a different prospect, man. That dude is in the Kareem tier yeah. of prospects walking in like that. That's can't miss. So the only question is when it gets to the draft and they do all the checking, is there anything wrong with his feet? Like that's all you want to know. Like a seven-footer, like the feet are are typically the thing that kind of derails you. So if the feet are good, like (laughs) there's no question. Yeah. That kid is.
1: Yeah. You don't want want another uh, Yao Ming situation with the stress fractures. No, no, we don't. Because we saw, and, uh, we saw how that, how I'm, that I'm derailed with you guys uh, yo, right now. career.
3: I got a big parlay. I just needed four yards from the wide receiver Addison on USC. It looks like I'm not going to get it. So I'm over here kind of oh, <laughs> no. over here tilting. <laughs> yeah,
1: USC did just hang on to beat Notre Dame 38-27. So, yes. oh, man, only you needed only four yards?
3: Yeah. Well it looks like it. Let me check again. I know it was short. Wait a yeah. minute, what was
1: the uh what was what was the total that you needed?
3: No, 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 I needed twenty five. I thought he did something else. No, nah, I needed sixty five yards, he ended up with
1: forty five. Oh Andy. man. Oh, okay, yeah, Addison, yeah. Only th- only three catches surprisingly, too. You know, that's another thing, too. USC winning, that probably shuts the door on Alabama. So Alabama seems like for the first time in ages will not only not be in the college football playoff, but they will also likely miss the SEC title game, too, potentially.
3: Now, I want everybody who's still listening to think about the conversation we had earlier about expectations. And I want you on Monday to check into Alabama College Football Sports uh, Sports Radio, and you're going to hear people actually call for Nick Saban to be gone. They're going to say he's losing <laughs> They're going to say it's time. They are going to try to run Nick Saban out of Alabama. Like, that is the expectation level there. Like, I, I want people to think about that.
1: oh my god and you know you know what Uh, while we've been talking here um, Mm -hmm. one of uh, one of our members from Sports Whispers did actually just tell me I think Caleb Williams may have surpassed CJ Stroud for the Heisman today Mm. so I don't know it looks looks like we may
3: do it for you
1: we may potentially have quite uh, quite the Heisman race potentially uh moving forward here. Now I know I know Williams only had one one uh one passing touchdown today, but uh he did complete eighty one point eight percent of his passes, so it's definitely and he had a lot
3: of rushing yards. I think another rushing touchdown too. So he, he you know, he controlled the game. He was really good.
1: Yeah, uh three rushing touchdowns actually. So, yeah, needless to say, uh I think we I think we have a potential dogfight for the uh for the Heisman trophy and maybe perhaps it's not nearly as uh as finalized as everybody would have expected with CJ
3: Stroud. Hmm. I'm sad my guy from North Carolina uh Drake uh what's his name went down like that, man, cuz that was my pick earlier in the year. And he's been really good this year. He struggled in that NC State game for some reason, but he's been really good this year. Yeah, you know, it's 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 odd though. I haven't I haven't really
1: paid much attention, uh you know, to certain to certain aspects of college football. It's it's funny considering the fact that I uh you know, I'm part of the uh I run part of the uh, Games Gridiron game that we have in Sports Whispers. And, yeah.
5: and oh, yeah, it, shit, it, that it, reminds it, me. It, I need to do my picks. Uh,
1: yeah, that would probably be a good idea
5: because yeah. now
1: you basically have just the NFL to pick from.
5: Yeah, I always think you only have the NFL to pick from. Well, I mean, I that's think.
1: because you wait until the very last minute
5: I always forget. I get distracted by things, and then it's like, "Oh shit, let me do my picks."
1: Yeah. Uh, all I know, all I know is, you know, for uh, I I can tell you one thing for being a fan of uh, of the Patriots, I can tell I can tell you right now, I am not looking forward to. Um, I just I hope to God that somehow. Uh, Bill Belichick finally, uh, you know, finally has the courage to fire Matt Patricia. Like I I talked about how bad Kendall Bryles uh, is for Arkansas. Uh, Matt Patricia is basically that for new England. Yeah. I mean, this is imagine having an offense or having a defensive coordinator call your offensive plays. That's basically what this situation is.
3: Yeah, but he got that pencil behind his ear, so you gotta think he's smart, right? That's, that's kinda how the con runs with uh, Patricia. Yeah, pretty much. But the the sad stuff is like what what they were able to do with Mac Jones in his rookie year and what we've seen this year, the problem isn't necessarily Mac Jones. We're seeing now, like, okay. This kid has some talent you can work with him, but he regressed under this terrible system. But you, you guys did learn some things this year. The defense, you got a lot of guys you like, and Ramondre Stevenson is a serious uh, feature back. So you've got that settled. Uh, you just need more skill guys, uh, way better skill guys, wide receiver, tight end, everything. Uh, right. Hunter Henry is clearly 57 years old. I, I don't know what the hell happened. There you are. Hey.
5: And there we go. Oh, you know Steve, what happened there's my fix.
1: Okay, I'll get those locked in. Uh but you know what, you know what happened? Uh Matt Patricia happened. Because Hunter Henry was was uh the favorite uh target for Mac Jones last year. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's it, it, it's all all of a sudden this year with under matt patricia's system he's become basically an afterthought yes so it's the thing that I just don't understand is you go from having and, and we'll use this uh we'll use this uh this past game as a uh, as a big uh you know a big example. You had the you had uh, you had success going downfield against the Minnesota Vikings with the deep ball, and then the very next sequence, you decide to go back to those stupid little dinky uh, dink dunk plays uh, where you're where you're throwing under instead of uh, instead of going uh, instead of marching downfield, which is what gave you the success to begin with. 'Cause I'm telling you right now, Mac Jones, he had he had very good numbers uh this week, three hundred and eighty two yards. He could have had a little bit better numbers if Patricia didn't decide to go back to the old way of uh of his play calling this year. Right? Nice. It's that inconsistency that has screwed up New England offensively this year.
3: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, we'll see though. They're built for long yeah. term. This we knew this year like this is Buffalo's time, so they got to continue to build. Uh, the Jets were the surprise that the Jets would jump up the way that they did, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see next year when they win. You
1: know, the problem with the Jets is the Jets need a quarterback. That's their big <laughs>
3: problem.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean the, jet, the Jets have had have got have gotten off to a good record, but you know this it it, it, it had it had nothing to do with Zach Wilson,
3: and now I mean <laughs> you you got to get him in the lab and try to rebuild him. Like, that's all you can do. But let's be honest: if you play uh, Mike White. And uh, what's the, what's my man's name from Baltimore?
1: Uh, old man,
3: yeah, and Flacco. old man Flacco, and
1: just yeah, old man Flacco, right, and just
3: have them kind of play a game management type of game. you have a better chance to win anyway. So I mean, you might as well just sit Zach for the season. I understand they're saying they're benching him for now, but I mean, you might as well sit him for the season, let him develop, and let the old guys play Dink and Dunk.
1: Oh, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's exactly what's going to happen that he's going to, you know, he's going to be benched for the entire rest of the season because he decided to, he decided that he was, that he was hot shit, you know, that he was, uh, that he wasn't the reason why, you know, he made it such a big deal saying that he wasn't the reason why they lost against the Patriots and that it was the defense, why Uh. they lost, you know, instead of, instead of uh, doing what every quarterback does and takes, you know, uh, they're the ones, they put the blame on themselves, he decided to basically be selfish and say, no, I'm not the reason why we lost. Even though, I mean, let's face it, those numbers that he put up, uh, (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing, honestly, uh, the numbers that he put up. Uh, yeah, he the lost, he put lost that season. locker
3: room. That, that's why the QB change was was made. The The performance was bad enough, but the fact that they didn't believe in him anymore, you got receivers doing Instagram posts with them throwing the ball. Like, they didn't believe in him anymore. <laughs> he had lost that locker room, and it was time. Like, you got to go, partner. But by next year, who knows, man? You, you know, you just let them sit and watch, and then you train him hard. Who knows? He might come back and... And be ready. So things are uh, wheels up for the Jets, man. Everything else is good. Get Brees Hall back next year, hopefully. Like I, I like building. Right.
1: Yeah, I think that's kinda I think that's kinda what killed them is the fact that uh you know, they they lost Brees Hall. Uh Corey Davis is also out for uh for a specific length of time as well. Uh I know he's dealing with an injury. Uh, you know, there there's just been there's been a lot of losses uh, so far, and pl- plus you know they've had a little bit of problems, I believe, as well with uh, with offensive linemen too,
3: if I'm correct,
1: right? Yeah,
3: <clears throat> they've been shuffling it in and out, but you know they've, been, they've had every game. They, I mean, they've been in it, <laughs> so they are solid. I, I like the roster, and and sauce sauce is clearly rookie of the year like oh i, I would be surprised four? if they give like, it
1: yeah. yeah if they give it to anybody else i would be surprised uh at least defensive yeah. rookie of the year i would be very surprised if they give it to anybody else there uh and you know i i i'll just put it right now you know the way the afc east is looking right now it's probably going to be either the dolphins or the bills uh yeah. The Jets, you know, maybe they could sneak into a playoff spot. The Patriots, I still believe the Patriots. As long as uh, as long as Matt Patricia mm. is calling plays, that the Patriots will be out of it. Uh, although, actually, no. Let me see what the playoff picture looks like right now. Uh, for the AFC, well, you're in the AFC.
3: The AFC is tough. Yeah, I, I can't see the Patriots. They just don't score enough. Like like you said, Patricia's got to go. And you bring in somebody else next, yes, year. We'll, we'll probably see something. But yeah, yeah. The uh,
1: the Patriots they actually fell to the outside now. They're they're now in the eighth seed, uh, with the Jets, Bengals, and Dolphins taking up the three wild card spots right now.
3: The Dolphins in the honest, first, I, I think. I'm more scared of Miami and Kansas City than I am Buffalo. Uh, with all the expectations and how they played early in the season, we've seen Josh get hurt. We kind of struggled the past few weeks. I mean, they got the ultimate get well lucky thing where they had the snowstorm in New York, so they got to play two weeks in the Dome in Detroit in a row and ran off two victories. But uh, they've they, they been, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure, as sold know. on them as I am Miami and KC.
1: You know that's a, that's actually a pretty good point, uh, Lou. What are your thoughts on uh, on Buffalo? Because there's so many different variables around them. I mean, Josh Allen is is playing injured. Uh, they lost Von Miller potentially for the rest of the season now. Yeah. Uh, depending on depending on how his MRI turns out. Uh, I mean, would you be – if you were a, a, a football team, would you be more scared of Kansas City and Miami compared to Buffalo?
2: Kansas City, I think more of. Miami, uh, no. I think Kansas City is more of our, our biggest fear. More of their biggest fear. But they got away with, you know, that victory because, you know, it looked like Detroit had it, you know, on Thursday. And then the last, the last second – before I uh, caught it, yeah. I mean, it,
1: it's it, it kind of says something. I mean, granted, Detroit, you know, is a vastly improved team compared to last year, but it kind of says something when you almost lose to Detroit. Yeah, kind of that kind of says something about about the type of team that you have when you almost uh, when you just barely beat Detroit. Uh, Miami, here's the thing with Miami. They have Tuatunga Vailoa who clearly is having a upgrade of a season, you know, when he's been able to play. Uh when he wasn't out with uh with the concussion. You know, I believe well actually let me take a look at what his stats were last year. twenty twenty one. He has better stats already. He he's only thrown three picks this year,
3: you know, and yeah, they added Tyreek have always been pretty good. Right, right. But I, I think it's more the system and the parts around him than it is him. Like, I'm I'm not tagged to it with the with right the, uh, credit for what's being done down there because, look, Waddle and Tyreek are the fastest two guys in the league. <laughs> and uh, exactly. that system that they have there is really good at, at using that talent. So you know their their running game is solid, and as long as Tua can just yeah. stand and deliver, like I I think they're man they're kind of scary, man. Yeah,
1: you know I agree. I agree. I think with uh, it it's the fact that you know Waddle having Waddle was scary enough, but now that they added Tyreek Hill to the equation, now you got a game plan for the both of them. for for having to deal like, okay, if you're you're double teaming, if you're doubling up one of them, the other one's going to have basically free reign, essentially. And, you know, that's pretty damn hard to game plan for. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Miami, it kind of seems like Miami this year is their, uh, you know, it's their their all-in type of year.
2: So...
1: They're they're pushing in all the chips now. When I mean, let's face it, this is easily their most competitive that they've been in years. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's I, I I actually agree. You know, originally I had picked Buffalo to be representing the AFC. But I mean, you take a look at what Kansas City has done. Even though they lost Tyreek Kill this off season, they replaced him with Juju Smith-Schuster and a couple, and uh, Marcus valdis Scantling, and a couple of others. It almost seems like Kansas City didn't really even lose anybody. Essentially, with the way that they're playing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's it's really scary the way that the way that Kansas City. Uh, has been playing, and also with my, you know, (laughs) you just can't count out Miami because Mm. it seemed like offensively, you know, it seemed like the offense was always the problem the last couple of years. Their defense had been fine. It it had just been the offense. But now they got the offense under control, and – Wow, well, we're already if they get a the home playoff game,
3: you, you, you got to go to Miami and play in 90 degree weather uh that's another factor and to your previous point about uh buffalo like this this sticks out to me the most cuz I, I think a lot of people miss it josh allen is riding the cam Newton uh career trajectory uh oh, physically, we don't want that. he's an do that yeah, well, physically he's an outlier. He's great. He's one of the best players we've ever seen. But he keeps hunting down linebackers, not to avoid them, to run them over, which is what Cam did early in his career. And then when we saw the fall off, we saw his body just fall apart. And Josh isn't careful and doesn't stop doing that stuff, man. He's going to end up the same way Cam did, where we see this MVP level play and then it just tails off, and your body like you can't stay healthy. Cause I'm a big I'm right. Josh Allen problem but he, he's got to stop doing this, man. He's strong enough you know, to do it though, because hell, everybody bounces off. Of him. But those you are know, it's up. kind of like
1: it's kind of like what Jim has said uh, uh, when he's when he's been on he's been on here quite a quite a bunch. Uh, you know, Jim obviously is uh because of him we wouldn't have these uh these uh podcasts. Yes. Uh I mean he owns the podcast, but uh the one thing he has always told me is he wishes that somebody would just take a shot at one of these run, at one of these uh running quarterbacks. Like it's it's mm-hmm. like you're not you know y- you need to just stay in the pocket. You know, any quarterback that decides to run basically deserves what they get coming to them and he he just wishes that uh that one of them would eventually just get absolutely decked at at some point by a by a linebacker.
3: So, I mean, it's, I mean happen, it's but this is where the game is going. Like you're gonna have spread offenses and you're gonna have athletic quarterbacks. Like that's where the game is going. But you still have to slide. You still have to get out of bounds. You can't get that macho stuff in you where you say, I see a linebacker, I'm going to struck him. And, you know, that's what Josh is doing right now. And the thing is, he can do it. (laughs) That's the crazy part. He can run a linebacker right over. But the hits just accumulate, man, and your body's going to fall apart. But the, the way the NFL yeah. is now, even the pocket is not really safe. Like we've seen pocket quarterbacks the last few years get knocked out for multiple games or the season because man, it's just bigger, faster, stronger.
1: Yeah, it's it's just it's it's kind of ridiculous, actually, the way that we've seen you know the way we the way we've seen uh, the quarterback basically evolve to where it seemed it seemed like basically quarterbacks were all about staying in the pocket and now all of a sudden we're seeing quarterbacks on the run, quarterbacks making these these stupid little Houdini type throws that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's almost become a circus act almost. Yeah. To be a quarterback.
3: So yeah, the, the days of the six six guy who can't move with a big arm, like those days are done, man. Like you got to be mobile, and and if you're not mobile enough to run, you got to be at least mobile enough to manipulate the pocket and move around and reset. Like and the old the big stiffs, that stuff is done, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, what the hell happened to Westbrook tonight? Westbrook apparently got split open. I guess what what was it an elbow? I guess he got he got elbowed apparently in the head or something. And because the one thing I'm seeing right now is blood pouring down his face.
2: Oh.
1: Apparently he got leveled tonight. All right, uh moving to baseball for a minute here. Uh the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, they officially inked their president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski, to a three-year contract extension through the 2027 season. Uh, so originally, his contract was set to expire, I think, next off-season, and they have instead decided to renew him as quickly as possible. Uh, considering he's the only baseball executive to take four different teams to the world series in his, uh, in his baseball career. Uh, And not to mention, you know, they came within a couple of games of of getting their first world series title since, what was it? 2008, 2009, I think something around, somewhere around those lines. So uh, also, it looks like uh, Aaron Judge officially had a, uh, officially had a meeting with the San Francisco Giants this past week. so Uh-oh. I, I assume that maybe perhaps San Francisco has already put out their offer to him. Uh, like, we, like we said last week, you know, he's probably looking at a massive contract extent or at a massive contract wherever he signed. Uh, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's elsewhere. Uh right now though, it kinda seems like the free agent market is kinda stagnant. I mean, we're only seeing a couple of uh a couple of players really get uh really get signed so far. Uh I know there was one big trade uh, that took place. Uh, the Angels they acquired Hunter Renfro from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, this is the second straight off-season that Hunter Renfro has been traded. Uh, first, he got traded from Boston to Milwaukee, and now he's been traded from Milwaukee to uh, the Angels. And uh, I mean twenty nine hundred.
3: Get that money, honey. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> 20, city
2: 29
1: – I, I guess 29 home runs isn't enough to keep a player uh, – for a team to keep a player.
3: Yeah, the analytics hate him, but he hits homers. It is what it is. Uh, but he's still always going to have a job, man, until he tails off. So shout out to him. But to that uh, – to the thing with Judge, it's like, do you the Yankees. Just pay it. And then move on, because if you if you're not going to pay him, who would you pay? Just, just write right, judge's money and move on. Like, get yeah. get out of here with this stuff. This this is the the MLB owners uh, beating up the players again after winning uh, the the lockout last <laughs> last off season. This is them beating up beating up on the players a little bit more. So that's why we get the slow free agency collusion once again. And Manfred says nothing.
1: And by the way, it did turn out uh, there was a report that came out earlier this week. I guess apparently there was no collusion uh, found. Oh well. In the I'm Sure, the
3: investigators were very thorough. <laughs> yep.
1: Well, yeah, we know that. We know yeah. that's bullshit. But yeah. Uh, All right. Apparently they they claimed that there was no uh that there was no collusion of any kind, supposedly.
3: Look, when the lockout started last year, I picked up USA Today one day and I opened it and the start of the article was Max Scherzer shows up in his Porsche for a labor negotiation. Now, I said, Well as a reporter Like mm-hmm. how do you show your bias that to that extent, man, like no, I'm sure the owner showed up on the bus, right? Like that's how he presented well,
1: Yeah, you know, I never really understood. I never really understood why they needed to add those little, uh, those little details. Uh, you know, to reports like that. I mean, just say. I mean, I mean, I understand Scherzer. You know, is uh, one of the uh, one of the top uh, members of the. Uh, of the players union, but there's no need to add in little things like, uh, like he showed up in his Porsche. No.
3: You
1: know, it's, but, uh, the media of course is gonna, is gonna paint things a certain way.
3: They always do.
1: Yeah, no. so
3: when that guy shows up in the clubhouse and asks you a question after a game, you're supposed to be cordial and professional, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, uh, but,
1: yeah, you know, the the whole thing going back to uh, Hunter Renfro, you know, I just – I can't believe that uh, – you know, this is the third straight or the second straight off season that he's found himself on the move. It's like, I I can already tell you right now, I'm pretty sure that the Red Sox are kind of pissed. You know, they're kind of pissed that they decided to trade him away to begin with because Jackie Bradley jr. Didn't even stay with Boston for the entire year. Uh, Then again, nobody expected Jackie Bradley jr. To hit below 200. So, um, (laughs) And, you know, one could argue that that's what the Sox were missing. The fact that they got rid of Hunter Renfro and they didn't re-sign Kyle Schwarber kind of makes you wonder, hmm, maybe perhaps if they they had those two still with the club, maybe perhaps they would have made the playoffs this year despite their pitching struggles. But – Uh, The Sox did make a move, though. Uh, They signed left-handed reliever Joely Rodriguez uh, from the New York Mets to a one-year deal with a club option for the 2024 season. Uh, Rodriguez last year had, I believe it was a – somewhere in uh, an ERA in the range of – I think it was like 4.28 or something, which – I mean, doesn't really look too good for a reliever, but uh, my understanding is he pitched a lot better in the second half of the season. Lou, would you know anything about that?
3: Uh, wait, repeat that.
1: For, uh, Joely, Joely Rodriguez. Yeah. Because uh, you're a Mets fan, right, or are you a Yankee fan?
2: No, no, Yankees fan.
1: Okay, maybe it's Alex that's a Mets fan then.
2: Um, yeah
1: because my understanding I believe is that Rodriguez pitched better in the second half of the season and I mean he has a it, you know he has like a 4. Point, a 4.28 ERA which uh you know let's face it uh Red Sox are used to dumpster uh, Red Sox fans are used to dumpster diving recently because Heim Bloom apparently decides that he could right. try to turn uh he could try to turn uh uh, shit nuggets into uh, into diamonds, apparently. Uh, but I, I guess I could consider this a bit of an upgrade for the Red Sox bullpen because uh, it seemed like the average ERA for a, for a reliever on the, in the Sox bullpen this year was around five to six. So. Uh, Regardless, uh, Rodriguez looks like he is under team control for at the very least one year, maybe two years if they pick up the club option. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they agreed to a one-year deal earlier this week with veteran first baseman Carlos Santana, uh, which will pay him about $6.725 million. $6.725 million the largest guarantee that the Pirates have given to a free agent since they inked, uh, Daniel Hudson to a two year deal worth about 11 million, uh, before the 2017 season. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that's a little bit of a, uh, of an interesting signing because honestly, I wouldn't have expected Carlos Santana to go to Pittsburgh, especially with his career, uh, with his career going down uh going down yeah. the line. Uh let's see. Wait a minute. Hang on. Let me move up here. Oh, uh apparently uh Atlanta uh wide receiver also running back, uh Cordero Patterson uh he set the NFL record for kickoff touchdowns all time with his 103 yard return uh last week against the bears i guess apparent i guess apparently he was tied uh entering the week for uh for the for the uh record all time throughout a career and he uh officially set the new record i don't know exactly what the new record is though but, uh, mm. you know, this, one, this next one, though, kind of makes sense. Uh, the Commanders, they have announced that they will stick with quarterback Taylor Heineke over Carson Wentz uh, amidst, uh, amidst their, uh, their winning streak that they are currently on, according to coach Ron Rivera, as they have won five of their past six games uh, and are 4-1 with Taylor Heineke as the starter. Now I don't know about I don't know about about uh, any of you, but to me, I probably would have had Heineke starting from the very beginning of the season.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, and I never understood uh, why, after after the the uh, after the the end of the season that Heineke had last year, I never understood why they went out and got Carson Wentz
4: like they did.
3: No, I mean, by they up see him. Heineke as a, yeah, they see him as a backup, so, you know, they acted accordingly, and the thing we we, we kind of learned is, uh, when dealing with Carson Wentz, the quarterback position is not just play on the field, it, it's how you relate to your teammates, how they look at you in the locker room, I, I know we, we don't like to, like, hype up intangibles, but Right, That is a part of the quarterback job, man. And if those guys don't rock with you or, and don't really, you know, see you as a guy they don't lay their body on the line for, that becomes a problem. Like, well, we, we were having conversations about who is the best quarterback in the NFC East not too long ago. Was it Dak or was it Carson Wentz? And now you've seen him go into multiple locker rooms and teams say, man, you got to get out of here. Right. There's yeah, you know,
1: Carson... It, it kind of seems like Carson Wentz has been more has been more of a uh, cancer uh than you know an actual answer to a team
3: so it's right. definitely so we see the arm talent, we see the athletic ability, you know, he's been watching films since he was a kid, all of that stuff is there but the other part's not there though right
1: it, it, it just it just kind of seems like uh, ever since he got injured in Philly, he just hasn't been the same type of player that he was before the injury. So, it, you know it's 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 weird. It's it's like you could actually you could actually argue that him watching Nick Foles lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl title when he couldn't do it.
2: Yeah, who would have thought you know,
1: that? It's, it's almost as if maybe it kind of played with his psyche a little bit. The fact that it was I mean, his team that, that had for to the whole you.
3: season. You're walking into the stadium and there's a statue of the guy backing you up in front of the stadium. Like, right. <laughs> there's, there's a, <laughs> Bud Light sponsors statue of that guy in front of the stadium. And then, again, this is where I get back to how your teammates view you. So that's a tough locker room to walk in. You don't handle it well. You go to Indianapolis, fresh start. And after one year, they say, okay, he's the problem. Get him out of here. We'll go get old Matt Ryan. Get him out of here. And now you get to Washington and Tyler Heineke beats you out? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, Yeah. I mean, uh, this this sounds bad, but I would rather have Matt Ryan than have Carson Wentz right now. Right. Uh, yes, yes. Right.
2: Wentz is done.
1: It's it's kind it's kind of sad when you consider all of the yeah. uh, buildup that he had coming out of college. Uh, but yeah, he's just. He's nowhere near the same electric type of player that he was at the beginning of his career. Not at all.
3: And... Dude, we're going to find out what type of guy he is, too, because he's made enough money to where he can just walk away from all of this. But he loves this thing. He's going to take the clipboard job next year and go to somewhere where he could possibly, you know, if something happens, he gets in the lineup. You' got to take one of those deals and be one of those guys now now is he willing to do that? No one he could just walk away and go back to i mean that dude's sitting on acres. He can go back to <laughs> live and sit on those acres man I mean,
1: here's the thing that gets me is how do we have such a huge drop off from Indianapolis where he went he went twenty seven and seven, but yet they had a huge ass collapse last year. Uh, and by 27 and seven, I mean twenty-seven, twenty-seven 27 touchdowns, seven picks. Uh, he threw for 3,563 yards, but yet he had a huge ass collapse to end the season where they end up missing the playoffs entirely. Uh, then he goes to Washington and in six games, he only has 10 touchdowns and six picks. It's like, is it because is it because it's a different team and a different offense? The fact that uh, you know his stats have have sunk literally that low. I mean, when he was with Philly, three consecutive seasons where he had only seven picks the entire season. He had thirty. He 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 went uh, in the year they won the Super Bowl when when he went eleven and two as a starter. He had 33 touchdowns and seven picks. The next year, he had 21 touchdowns and seven picks. And then the year after that, he had 27 touchdowns and seven picks. So, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because then his final year in Philly, he had 16 touchdowns and 15 picks to where you know it's it's almost like he went 3-8 and 1 as a starter that year and it's almost like Philly's locker room basically said you know what we're done with you we're you know we're basically effectively trying to get you traded from this club uh, then he goes to Indiana or, you know he goes to Indianapolis goes 9 and 8 after a huge collapse to the season and now, now granted, I'll, I'll put it this way: Washington, uh, offensively, I feel, is a worse club than Indianapolis last year. Uh, it, you know, it kind of makes me wonder if Indianapolis had stuck with Wentz, if Wentz mm-hmm. would be, if Wentz wouldn't find himself in the position that he's in right now, where he's effectively benched.
3: I mean, so it is yeah. what it is, though. Like, if that many people keep just giving up on you, and this was your guy who used, whose job you were supposed to save in Indy, who ended up getting fired this year, and a big part of that was him giving up draft capital to get you there, and then they had to panic and make a last-minute move for Matt Ryan. Like, at a certain point, we got to say, this is Carson, man. I like, we may never see that little glimpse of MVP-level play we saw for that, you know, for that one year. We just may never see that. And, like I said, now he's he's basically where Jameis was a couple years ago, where Jameis had to go down to New Orleans and just be a backup and wait for a starting job. Right. Yeah, you know, it's –
1: it, it it just uh, – I would not be surprised if Wentz finds himself as a career backup for the remainder of his career at this yeah. point because, uh, you know, it's just – he's just not the same guy that he was when he was with Philly. I don't know what it is. Maybe, it, maybe it's the fact that, uh, you know, he has a worse offense around him. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you yeah. said earlier that it, that part of it has to do with uh, not not necessarily the quarterback, but who the quarterback has around them. And I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, if you're looking at if you're comparing Indianapolis and and Washington, you know, Indianapolis clearly has the better offensive uh, weapons than Washington does, but. I mean, I don't think anybody expected Wentz to to perform as badly as he has this year. So, uh, I would I would not be surprised at all if he is uh, if we've seen potentially the last of Carson Wentz as a starter in this league.
3: Yeah, because I mean, even if your situation changes and you go out and you know you're taking some smells. You got to go out like Dan Fouts, man. It it has to be like you performed really well, scored a lot of points, and you guys lost. It can't be the offense is struggling and you're supposed to be the guy that lifts up what's around him. And honestly, it wasn't that bad out there. Like Antonio Gibson's a decent running receiving back. Terry McLaurin is a legit number one wide receiver. Like you know, you you didn't have the best stuff, but Curtis Samuel's not bad as a secondary receiver. you had enough.
1: Uh, we do have a little bit of news from uh, the NBA. It looks like uh, Charlotte Hornets forward Gordon Hayward has been diagnosed yep. with a fractured left shoulder. Uh, and it looks like he is officially listed as week-to-week in terms of his return. Uh Earlier this month, he had missed eight consecutive games with what was believed to be a shoulder bruise. Uh, He returned to play three games, uh, and now he will undergo further testing and also miss an extended period of time with this injury. Uh, Mm -hmm. He has averaged 16.3 points per game this year with 4.3 rebounds and 4.3 assists in the 11 games that he has played with Charlotte. Uh, and Charlotte, I mean they have struggled to begin with uh, going starting off with a six and 14 start. So uh, I believe Hayward is in the final year of his deal. Uh, so this is actually the, uh, assuming that the, you know they've been trying to trade him all this time. Uh, this is gonna really hurt them when it comes to when it comes to trying to uh, trying to offload him now. Because I would assume it's probably going to hurt his value, the fact that he's going to be out for a considerable length of time here.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, never take lottery numbers from him He's one of the most unlucky people in the history of the world, man. He's just unlucky, man. Like weird things happen to him. He just gets hurt. But he he served his purpose in Charlotte. He was there to be the veteran guy who could score for him as the develops. The mellow got hurt this year, so it threw everything off track, but yeah, Gordon's just unlucky, man. <laughs> and yeah, they're gonna have a hell of a time trying to trade him at the deadline. We'll see. Yeah, it's
1: definitely uh who know and the thing is too, who knows how long he's gonna be out with this injury. Could be could be a couple of weeks, could be a couple of months, depending depending on how long it takes. Uh what route they're going to go with here, uh, whether it'll be rehab or if he's going to have to have surgery. But
2: it certainly would be the opportunity you know, to, to go. And it kind of, probably. it
1: kind of sucks for him too because he was having kind of a good year to start off the year too.
2: So,
3: how would you like to be Michael Jordan's GM, and having to report to him? Lamelo's been out. He's been hurt. Gordon Hayward uh, again no, is hurt. No. Miles Bridges has a domestic violence case. Like <laughs> that is a tough. Right. Job, man. It's like
1: uh, it's like what 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 could come onto the uh, onto the Charlotte Hornets next? You know what what else is going to hit that team?
3: Ugly man. But I I still like yeah, I'm, you a, I'm said. a
2: fan of the kids. Oh, go ahead. That's what he said. Yeah, you know, it's it's just
1: yes. it's just it's just a severe bad luck that they have had. Yeah. Uh the fact that they've got they've gotten off to such a poor start and you know i definitely think too the miles bridge's uh situation has definitely has definitely hurt them as well because i believe they would be uh a much better team probably if they if they had miles bridge's uh ready to go this year if he wasn't involved in in legal issues
3: yeah he, he's almost a 20 and 10 guy and this is where the people of boston uh Once again, you can be mad all you want to. You got to say, hey, Danny Ainge, uh, we know we ran you out of town, but can't complain about what you did while you was here. You put the two J's together, Mm -hmm. and you were able to get something for Gordon Hayward and ship him out in a way that, you know, it's like, and all of this is luck. Because remember, that game against Cleveland, Kyrie and LeBron uh, against the Boston, you know, new squad, and Gordon gets that terrible injury. And everything's kind of been downhill from there.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll say this. You know, it's not really on Danny Ainge. You know, I don't think anybody really wanted Danny Ainge to leave. I think everybody was shocked the fact that Ainge left uh, down uh, the way he did. And he gave Brad Stevens the job. You know, I think uh, the main problem that people had with Ainge was that everybody wanted him to, you know, stop being the whole – because he had that moniker of Trader Danny that everybody – He had after, to win after every after trade, Ainge, right,
0: right.
1: Yeah, I think people were just pissed. He, You know, he felt like he had to win every single trade when – Literally, you've seen seen, uh, the trades that Boston has made since Brad Stevens uh, took over. And Brad Stevens, uh, from all indicators, it sounds like he has been a lot easier to work with for teams than Danny Ainge was. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, I mean, so far, the trades that Boston has made, with the exception of Evan Fournier, uh, the trades that Boston has made have actually worked out for them.
3: So, yeah, well, the funny part know, about that is you get to see a coach uh-huh. step into the GM spot and you find out the players that he not only did not like but did not <laughs> want to play. So, Fournier was out of there. <laughs> right, but I mean, right. to be fair,
1: to be fair, take a look at where take a look at what Fournier is now. He's nowhere close to the player that he was. Yep. Yep. I mean,
3: he, he, yeah,
1: he has, uh, I mean, basically it seems like Boston got the Knicks overpay for Fournier. And Fournier, I mean, yeah, he had a good year last year, but so far this year he's completely shit the bed, essentially. And actually, I think he's been benched right now. I think he's not even, uh, I think he's barely playing minutes. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the Knicks, the Knicks are trying to cut their losses right now, uh, with Fournier. Yeah. And I, like, like I said, I think, I think Boston fans is problem. With Ainge was the fact that he felt like ever, se- ever since the Garnett deal, which was honestly it was like a once in a lifetime deal. You know, you're not gonna make a fleecing like that or a fleecing like the Garnett Pierce deal that brought uh, that sent Garnett and Pierce over to uh, over to, right. to you know New Jersey or to Brooklyn. You're not gonna see those type of deals get made all so often. And it kind of seems like Danny Ainge was like, "Well, you know, I have those two deals as my two big deals uh, to hang my hat on. I should be able to make more type more of those deals on a uh, on a consistent basis." And it's like he it, it's like he already has a uh, I, I will give him credit though for the moves that he's made with Utah. I don't think anybody saw Utah. Playing the way that they that they have started off this season, especially with those moves, uh, sending Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland
3: and sending uh, Rudy Gobert to uh, Minnesota, and well, well, I I don't think Danny wanted to go this well. Honestly, I think Danny was setting up again to get in that lottery to get. And the team came out and they somehow they gelled together Lori Market and made a leap that the folks in Chicago are like, dude, he didn't play like this in Chicago And Right. Yeah, I, I don't We're think they even anymore. wanted them to win like this.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think he even expected I think I think he was fully expecting to be a lottery team. And I mean, and he has a treasure trove of draft picks now. With the with those uh, with those trades that he made, so uh, for a team yeah, that it you know, it's kind of funny. For in, a... this,
3: in in this draft, though, trade chips won't mean anything because when Miñana no. and the kid uh, from Atlanta scoot the point guard, they're going one two, and nobody like even if you give them the OKC package, like nobody's going to trade with you if they got those picks, they're taking them.
1: Right. No, exactly. <laughs> Uh, there's not going to be. There's not going to be. Uh, teams aren't going to just have those uh, have those assets uh, right there for the taking, and you know, I guarantee you, Ainge is probably going to try to make that happen. But uh, you
3: know, it's it's probably hey, look, not going we, to we happen. We may see so, Lori marketing with back pain in a couple of weeks. Uh, Lori marketing back pain. You may have to sit around. Possibly. Possibly. I, I'm still
1: shocked that, that Utah has even has even played as good as they have. Although they are starting to come back down to earth, though. They've lost their last four. So, uh, well, we are. it's, uh, you know, obviously it's still early on. You know, who knows? Maybe Utah will end up becoming a lottery team uh, by the end of the year. But, like you said, you know, once those first two guys are gone uh, at the top of the draft, it's not really uh there's not really anything else after that so uh, you know you're playing for essentially if you're if you're a rebuilding team, you're playing for one of those two guys to be able to pick one of those two so uh But anyways, uh, we are approaching the end of our show tonight. We got about only two minutes left. Uh, I do want to thank everybody that called in. Thank you to Lou, to Diane, to Naj, to Alex, and to Alexis for joining me tonight. Uh, We will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, every Saturday night. Uh, For Survivor fans... Uh, we will be back for the Survivor 43 recap show this Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I know we had it last night instead of Thursday because of Thanksgiving. So uh, we will be back Thursday night for the Survivor 43 recap show. Uh, But everybody else, have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly.